We're hot. We're damn hot. As we are here today in episode 155 to talk about Good Morning Vietnam. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. It's damn hot. Uh, I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. There we go. And I'm sweating bullets, man. We are here. We are here playing rock and roll when all they want to do is polka. That's us. That's the Woo. BFE. Uh, here, we're, we have a big uh, Happy New Year, everybody, yeah. first happy and foremost. Yay. Happy New Year to everybody out there in... Uh, Google the microphone and wherever they are. We're getting ready to record a double here. We're starting with this and then we're going to go from this. Uh, we're going to go right into uh, our besties, which is a good place to sort of do our promos for this week. Coming up on Friday, we will be releasing our besties, the best of everything that we reviewed in 2022. There was a lot that I forgot about that week. A lot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Going through all that, I was like, wow. I forgot we did Doctor Who this year. I could t- we went, we did a lot of Doctor Who this year. I could tell, um, yeah. um, <laughs> Liam was kind of like, uh, so I drove him down a physical list of all the movies you we did, watched and a physical list of all the categories. And that's what I needed. Yes, I know it was. <laughs> I was like, I'm going somewhere anyway. I'll drop by Liam's and I, give him I a copy that. of the, uh, list. I spent a good three hours on that. Here, did you really? Hmm. Well, that's good. That's good. I sat and stared a lot and even was still making uh, stuff up uh, as in, like changing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple of things before. So uh, on Friday, what will happen is you'll hear us go through our, our list of our best of is like 30 categories. Mm-hmm. So the best of everything that we did, you'll hear some best of mashups and all that sort of stuff. So a little little year in retrospective. And then shortly thereafter, we will release... A week or two after that, we will release the resties. Yeah, we go through the worst of everything we reviewed. Maybe a more violent. You know that's the maybe violent one. Maybe oh, de- I, was, I was talking to George. Definitely, definitely easier to do. Yeah, yeah. The bad yeah, stuff yeah. sticks out way more. <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah. Uh, but also maybe a bit, maybe a slightly more fun show to do as well. I mean, they're all great. Yeah, yeah, they're both yeah, great, yeah, but yeah. but it's really that's great. A more passive aggressive show. Oh, the resties! I love yeah. the resties. <laughs> and so Ethan's our historian. He'll be going over yeah. sort of what happened in the past, and we'll uh, read out what we did. We'll read out what some of the Patreon backers thought. Cool. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. The besties dropping on Friday. Speaking of the Patreon, uh, George, I'm curious if you know what, what today kind of is in a sense. Oh. First of January? Yeah. Anniversary, isn't it? it oh, is wow. Yeah. yeah. This is the one-year anniversary from launching yeah. our Patreon. When we said January 1st, I remember as we planned it, because we planned it for a long time, and we sort of sat there and went, is this going to work? Yep. Is anybody going <laughs> to sign up for this? And it's funny. I was listening to Post Wrestling talk about their five-year anniversary. Wow. And the same concept they, they did. And I was, I was clever enough, if I may say that. Because mm. Georgia came around here as we, as we, as we pushed the button to, to go yeah. live. And we were clever enough to turn the microphones on. <laughs> so if you'll, if you'll allow me this one indulgence today, for it. I've got the audio of when we went live. So I'm going to play that for you right now. Cool. BFE Patreon link is now live. Patreon link is now live. Patreon.com slash BFE brackets. We kept it simple. <laughs> Tweet. All right. Let's see. Uh, See what happens. <laughs> See what happens right away if we're just recording. Uh, staring at a screen doesn't change. I've just got the dashboard open. It's like zero total patrons, <laughs> zero pounds per month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, such is. So this could be a, uh, a quick thing. This could be a, a slightly longer thing. We shall see. We shall see. 
So. Ah. <laughs> we first in the pool. If, if no one signs up, we're going to have to think of a movie to watch. This audio will just go nowhere. It's fine. Oh, well, yeah. I know. I'm just, I'm just actually trying to think of uh, <laughs> what to talk about in the meantime, if anybody harms in or not. Should probably make a post. Oh, one patron. Wait, shut up. Really? Yeah. Well, Whoa, who is first in the pool? Someone at the uh, friend tier. Let me find them. I'm going to guess. We got. That's what I'm going to guess. <laughs> it is. Oh, and another one. Oh, my goodness. What? Oh, my goodness. Phantom 23 was the first one, whoever Phantom 23 is. There's a chance Phantom 23 is Alice Shevsky. Could be. Phantom 23. Phantom. Yeah. Do you not get access to who they are? Uh, if that's what their name on Patreon is. That's okay, so we're going to have to get a photo of Phantom 23 and say, uh, you are first in the pool. And we had one very quickly, Malou 7 at the dollar tier. Clown tier. Malou 7 at the clown tier. Yeah. Wow, we're going to have to do some recordings, and another I one, Ian Davies at pounds. Wow! <laughs> wow, 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 wow. We're going to have to do some thank you messages this afternoon. Some thank you messages. <laughs> well, I think we should wait till tomorrow when everybody's here. Ah, yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. That would make sense. But they'll have this live recording of us going, no one's going to sign up, and then all of a sudden... Ping, ping, ping! Ping, ping, ping went the trolley. Ding, ding, ding went the bell. And that was the sound of our first two minutes of having a Patreon. Wow. I can't believe you guys swore that much. (laughs) (laughs) They were bleeping funny. They were. Uh, So we want to thank, I mean, it's grown. And and God bless you all. We want to thank Reverend Bruce, Julian Hermes, James DeGuzman, Lena Oberholzer, Katie McRae, Anthony and Davies, Chris Peterson, Randall Silva, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. The Yeetmeister, Nate the Great, Andy Dixon, Holly Callan, Cheesy. With a fish on a bike. Richard and the cool cat himself, Ryan Kukets. Thank Woo! you so yeah. much. Yay. Um, it's nothing like sticking yourself on the line, is there? No. And, and, and you really do feel it, don't you? It was really remarkable listening yeah, to yeah, yeah. John and Way talk about theirs on post wrestling and go, these are people who I would have thought, what, what do you guys have to be worried about? Yeah. And they have the, they had the same concern going, going into it. Like, you know, what's, what if we put it out there? No one signs up. <laughs> yeah. And for a long time, I was hitting the brakes going, no, no, no. It's not, it's too early. It's too early. It's too early. And then we kind of thought this is the right time. And uh, I'm uh, for anybody who's out there who supports, thank you so much because yeah. it's humbling to know that absolutely um, the pod can sustain itself. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and the fact that people find value and go, I find value in in, in this and my regular. Uh, heck, we're, we're in a cost of living crisis in this country. I'm sure we're not. We're not the only country. Nope. And we're able to go ahead and go. I see value in this, and I want to help make sure that this stays coming to my eardrums. Two times a week, mm-hmm. generally, um, every week. Uh, that's that's remarkable, and so thank you so much. And we're really thrilled. The next two weeks, we're going to be doing actually BFF of the BFE episodes, mm-hmm. uh, which is always great to talk to some of our uh, some of our Patreon backers. And very uh, exciting. And uh, a whole year on, yeah, a whole year. Incredible. Huh? So you thought you talk about the three people you thought yeah. would listen. <laughs> Mine was more about this. How long until they go? No, no, I'm not having that. <laughs> enough's enough. So we couldn't be more thankful. Thank you Absolutely. to each and every one of you. Uh, it is the end of 2022. I did a little bit of stat bashing. Not so much as going to slow oh, down the pod, but okay, just out of cool. curiosity. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Our top ten countries. Yep. Let's have a go. America. America number one. Yeah. UK. UK uh, number two. Canada number four. Australia number three. Australia? Oh. Do you say Australia? Australia. Australia. Okay, there we go. Uh, Singapore? <laughs> not Singapore. Ooh. Here's where it gets tricky. Sierra Leone? <laughs> no, not Sierra Leone. <laughs> Mexico. Not Mexico. 
Uh, I'll give you a hint here. We've got. Uh, is that European country? Uh, we've got two from Europe. Denmark. Not Denmark. Uh-huh. Belgium. We got two from that. We've uh, two from Europe. We've got uh, one from Africa, one from Uganda, Asia, Italy. and one more from Southeast Asia. <laughs> Oceania, sorry. Uh, let's put it that way. Oh, we got two from Asia. Sorry. Number five, South Korea. Oh, oh, oh. nice. Big numbers, actually. Yeah, really big numbers. <laughs> wow. Thanks a lot. Uh, number six, Egypt. What? Oh, wow. yep. that's very cool. That is amazing. Number seven, Switzerland. Cool. No. Oh, yes, yeah. of course. Number eight, the French. Yeah, yeah. God, bless you. God, God bless you. Absolutely. Just across the pond. Bon voyage, bon fête. Um, good journey. <laughs> Happy party. Uh, <laughs> what are you saying? Number nine, India. Wow. Oh, yeah. And number 10, Ethan's been phoning some friends back home, New Zealand. Wow. Hey. It's funny how he didn't mention you guys. Well, there we are, yeah. No, because it's such a small... Because I was like, I nearly said Finland. people, man. The sheep are yeah. listening. Very- there goes our chance of getting Peter Jackson on. I mean, jeez. <laughs> oh, God. If we got Peter Jackson on. I tell you what, on the note of that, I watched the beginning of the first ever episode of uh, Taskmaster New Zealand. And the, the guy who's playing Alex Horn, yeah. that role, and one of the contestants were brothers in this first season that they did. Oh, wow. And they made a joke about it. And they just went, so either there's some bias going on or we're just representing how small New Zealand actually well, is. Actually, I should throw this out there because we're talking about nepotism and favoritism. Next week, I need to confirm 100% with people but we are doing our revenge of the quiz night we're we're, we're recording it mm. and it, it's it's redemption island is what it is redemption. everybody <laughs> who has island. come in last we call it ghost island please ghost ghost island <laughs> that was a survivor series yeah that they did ghost island exile ghost, ghost island yeah okay ghost island it is ghost island like who, the ghost of your past yeah who can back. get well i think redemption island was also a survivor uh, thing. Okay. that's what i'm bringing from there so people are trying to redeem Bring themselves back from the dead when they finish last. So George is part of that. Debbie's part of that. Kirsty's part of that. Wow. So a lot of people is I know. surprised by this? <laughs> I think. Uh, that I am on that list. So you uh, could become the last of the last. Yeah, you could be the, the biggest loser. Oh. I would. I would, I would <laughs> yeah. if, I, if I am, can you get me a wooden spoon, please? There we go. I haven't written the quiz yet, but yeah. <laughs> There's a 60% chance the biggest loser will probably be around my table. Well, Kirsty won't be around my table, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Someone who I know in real life. <laughs> so there we go. Uh just start your top 10 American states while we're at it. Because California by itself would have been a top five country. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. So it would have been uh, America, UK, Australia, Canada, California. That's also cool. on that list, we got Florida, yeah. Georgia, hey. Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, I was say Ohio. Washington, Nevada, New York, and Texas. And even Texas is the number 10 state. Would have been a top eight nation. That's wow. very cool. Oh my so, God. So to the Americans, thank you very much. We yeah, know you're the number one podcast market much. for a reason, but God bless you guys. Um, and just for our own numbers, we got a, almost a 40% increase in listenership in 2022 compared to 2021. That's 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 a good increase. 37.9. That's, that's amazing. I'll take that. That's humbling. Yeah, I'll it take is, that. Especially if you consider that our output dropped in the last quarter of the year because we were in shows busy, busy, busy. and life got busy. Mm-hmm. But we got some stuff planned and we're here to announce that our sitcom, we're not going to do it in a year, we decided. No. There's way too much on the short list. Yeah. So, it's not a short list. It's, it's a not two a short pages list. of A4 list. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are going to be, George, we're going to be looking at Friends. We haven't yeah. quite come up with a name for it yet. Uh, we'll figure out what it is. Um, I could do Friends Like Us, which was a uh, working title for Friends, but... Yeah. Well, we'll think of something. But you'll you'll we, see it. But are we friends? Can we call it Friends Like Us if we're not friends? Depends what it's like at the end of the episode. <laughs> That's we never true. know. We I'll know. be there for you. Are though. we friends? <laughs> are we friends? I don't know. Uh, let's That's just the title of the podcast. Are we friends? <laughs> I don't know. Central jerk. Uh, let's take a look <laughs> at you. this. There's a mistake... 
this one does go out to me. Uh, we were blessed to have a bunch of carol singers last week, and uh, I was uh, quite poor at getting one of them on there. And we got a message from a lovely man called Russell the Posty, hey, who got a hold of me and said, oh, I didn't hear mine. He said, I was really, really late, and he was a really good sport especially because he was the first one to get his in. Oh. <laughs> he thinks he's the last one. And he was oh, the first one. So, um, you get your own spot today, then. Here we go. What's that at the door? It's Carol Singers. Yeah. Hello, everyone. It is Russell the Posty here, dropping by once again to wish the BFE team a very, very happy Christmas. Ian, last year you said my message was slightly depressing, so don't worry, I'll keep it light this time. I hope you all have a wonderful time, whatever you're doing. It's richly deserved after putting out all the amazing content that you have over the last year. When you turn on those mics, something magical happens. You've been keeping me entertained now for nearly two and a half years. So for that, you need a massive thank you from me, and I hope it continues into 2023 and far beyond. Speaking of 2023, I'm seriously considering becoming a top-tier Patreon next year, but it would all depend on whether the team would like to discuss one of my movie picks. I've got to say, I'm struggling to pick a single film, so I've narrowed it down to a short list of four. They are... Howard the Duck, <laughs> Freddy Got Fingered, Paddington 2, or yeah! Ian, please let me know if it's one of your I love Anyway, it. happy Christmas once again to you all and to everyone listening. And you never know, maybe I'll see you and actually speak to you at a random musical in the new year. All the best. Cheers. Bye. First off, I'm a very distinct man with a very distinct voice in England for all things. I mean, it was clearly me. Uh, okay, so I only heard three of the four movies because you guys all popped after Show Paddington Girls 2. was the last one. Showgirls? Show Show yeah. I think Showgirls and Paddington 2 both qualify. I got no issue talking about either of those. Ah, cool. No issue. <laughs> Freddie got fingered. There's no way that qualifies. No, no, no. no. no Howard the Duck sent me back to a, a, a horrible time. We, we do have a rule where if someone becomes a top tier patron and continues on they do get one wild card pick of the yeah, year yeah, which yeah. means I, I will sit through freddy got fingered or what was the first one <laughs> how um, the duck oh how the, the duck yeah, yeah. also yeah i'll sit through it don't can't assume much guarantee i'll like it but no i will i mean paddington too i'm like bring it it's kind of been my 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 gimmick my sort of hatred it has hasn't it <laughs> so no nah, absolutely i'm so glad you twisted my arm even before you got to that last part i was like there was a really heartfelt message so thank you it was. Thank that. you so much yeah two and a half years listening to us that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. So, yeah, early in. Early, early, yeah, very. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's one of the OGs. Yeah. yeah. Think about the OGs. I think about him. I think about Carlo. I think about Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like long before we did a paid, when we were just trying to figure this thing out. Yeah. And yeah, fighting. Yeah. You want to talk about, you know, imposter syndrome. I mean, when we first cracked it up and just kind of went, let's put it out there in the world. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scary so, stuff. Russell the Posty set the record for the first one. Now, this one's not a mistake. At least not on me. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> this crisp. Christmas wish yeah. was recorded, I believe, about two hours ago. <laughs> <sighs> it's your sister. It's Carol Singers. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout by telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Merry Christmas to all of our friends at the... Good job, guys. 
<laughs> Thank you for all the weekly laughs, the amazing content, and everything else in between. We wish you nothing but the best for 2023, and we hope that you meet all of your recording goals. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year! From Oliver and Felicity. Kirsty and David. David. <laughs> Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks for everything. That is so sweet. Isn't it? That was, that was so lovely. <laughs> I would not have thought David would have put his voice on something. God bless oh, you, buddy. Good lad. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that was, you know, for, for all my griping and being a Grinch there, because I was, <laughs> we had literal carol singers. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are so sweet. So, so, so thank you very much. I'm not sure that was a carol, but it's, uh, it's close enough. Is it a carol coming to town? It's not a carol. It's a Christmas I, song. In North America, we call it a carol, but I do know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, I think in England, a carol is something that's done in like, more a church service yeah. In, yeah, in, yeah. In, in the hymn yeah. book. Back home, it would be classified in the general carols. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, so let's go ahead and do another one of, oh, almost did the wrong thing. Ooh. That would have been a happy birthday message from many years ago. <laughs> it's uh, not being your I friend there, is it? No, it's not. There you go. Do you Thanks know what? I actually out, love watching you work. Do you? I do, because you you juggle so many balls. Today, there's a lot on the screen. You today. do so many I've already things. been told there may be moments where he just goes. Yeah, where I just. Please. And I've got to. Like, <laughs> Thanks for like, literally feel. making everything shake and make noise. Uh, I said it wasn't. It was See, just my elbow. As, as Liam's saying, all the, all the things I do. <laughs> Like, I'm doing it silently so the audience really can't hear it. Yeah, but I, that's a podcast, so I needed to make it obvious what okay. was happening. Anyway, yes, I have given George a cue for many times that people just need to talk so I can set things up. But yeah, yeah, right, yeah, I've yeah. got a plan. On Sorry. that note. There's a mistake I think I made. I wasn't inviting George to come on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> so the, mis- the gnome says otherwise. <laughs> the mistake uh, made was, and no one caught this. I caught this. Ooh. Yep. Lots of Apollo Creed. I'm surprised they made this mistake once last week. I called him Apollo Cruz at one point. Did you? Apollo <laughs> Cruz is a WWE wrestler. So I didn't I didn't hear that. I didn't hear it. I no. caught it once and I went, Oh, how many times have I done that? I listened and I went, not everything else is good. But just once in the middle, I call him Apollo Cruz. Oh, okay. Oh, Remember, okay. we're in twenty twenty three, the the mistake contest is on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We will make a custom t shirt. <laughs> we will do we will. <laughs> king or queen if you win it a fact check corner we will put that on a shirt and get it sent out to you we might even make it yellow <laughs> i'm looking at ethan hopefully he's he's taking notes and we'll that's see. because the, the button yeah. is yellow that we that's because it's, it's a yellow button moment isn't it? it is yep, yep, yep. so there we go uh let's talk about some more uh reflections and corrections uh hermes who says for last week great arg- uh, great arguably movie great holiday messages and great time as always bravo and cheers bfe we'll see you next year hey thanks no, a lot hermes. shari Burgerfreund says really enjoyed the rocky and avatar pods merry christmas to you i'm still going through your past catalog and i could not find one about there will be blood looking for the best film ever this is a real contender hope you get to it soon well there's a there's a way to guarantee we get to it soon patreon.com slash bfe go look at the options Uh, i will either confirm or deny if anything's coming up on the roster yeah. That's just not something. To and do. we don't know. So. They don't know. <laughs> they only find out if they go. I'm thinking about doing this, and they go, "Oh, it's actually, it's actually on the list. It's actually on the list. Yes, it won't be too that's long." That's the only reason I found out about Avatar like three months yeah, before we did right. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, sir, gives a damn. Who might also be called Mikey Wood? Let me know which one you want to be called. That, uh, sir, or should I just call gives you? A damn? 
damn. Uh, <laughs> says, I really dig this podcast. I remember vividly seeing Rocky Four in the theater back in the days where the worst thing we could imagine were Russians. As a kid in the 80s, the Russian people themselves and the threat of glo- global thermal nuclear war were constantly used in media. There's a mm-hmm. whole subgenre of movies and TV shows about people defecting to the US too. It was weird. And that's that thing. I don't think you can explain it to someone who wasn't there, Liam. Exactly, yeah. What it was like then, just like they can't explain to us what it's like to just not have that yeah, how do you completely distance yourself from these tropes that we grew up with? Yep, yep, yep. There we go. I've been reading a lot of like oh, original. For Georgia, <laughs> it'll be difficult. For our resident <laughs> quantum <laughs> leaper, <laughs> no, I was going to say that I've been reading a lot of like 1960s era Marvel comics. Every villain is either a Russian or or an American who's defected to Russia. Yeah. Goldeneye. Like a tax dodger. Those are the three (laughs) villains you're allowed in your comics. That's right. Uh, Carlo uh, says, great episode on Rocky IV, but I have to ask, did Georgia really challenge Ian on the capacity of his (laughs) own mug? Yes, I did. The results are in. (laughs) Before you got here, Liam, Georgia and I got... A measuring jug? I got a measuring jug. And And a towel, because Ian's not very good at pouring water. It's hard to pour a full thing out. I could use like like a funnel, but we found out that the small mug that Georgia ha- my was mug, using, my mug, the uh, the spreadsheet mug, had mm-hmm. about three hundred and fifty five milliliters of capacity. Okay, so roughly a can of Coke. Yep, yep. yep. Then right. yours, your mug, the Shakespeare was, mug, the middle mug, mm-hmm. mug. Yep, yep, yep. The four hundred mils. Yeah. Oh. At which point I was like, "There's only forty five mils between the two of those." Yep. That's incredible. Because I thought yours was significantly larger than hers. Yeah, I felt it. Not so. Only yeah. about fifteen percent. Well, at which point I said to Georgia, "Ooh, I don't, I don't feel so confident, so confident anymore." Because <laughs> <laughs> not one person had messaged me with support once I saw the picture. They all went, "Yeah, you're wrong." And I went, "I don't think I am." And I said, "Georgia, I said I don't care if anybody's against me. I'm really confident." And then when that happened, I went, "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd have been here earlier. Cup number three. Yeah. My big, the big needs boy two tea mug. mugs in it, right? And you said was At twice the size, twice of, size of the middle mug. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it needs to be 800. 800. Yes, yes. 600 milliliters. See. Uh, which George's <laughs> prediction, if you recall, was that mine was one and a half times the size of yours. Mm-hmm. It's exactly one, one and a half, half times, times 400 times 1.5 well is 600. Done, Georgia. So Georgia, it wasn't even double the small mug. So there we go. Wow. Yeah. This is why you join the Patreon for moments like <laughs> things like that. But just I did, happened. I did look at Georgia and go, "There's no other podcast. I don't think where stuff like this actually becomes a thing." Yeah. I think people are way more into this than necessarily here. We thought about Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> so yeah, uh, if I may hit the button. There's a mistake. I'm genuinely quite proud of that one because yeah. I was certain, but your certainty was throwing me when we was yep. just before we measured it. I was like, no, oh, I no. know that that is not double that. I was certain. Yeah. I was with you, Georgia. Uh, Carlo continues. I've seen this film a hundred times as Rocky Four. I think it's the first time I've heard the name of Ludmilla, Brigitte Nielsen's character. Mm. I'm still halfway through, but I would strongly encourage you all to check out Creed 2. Uh, I really love the way it built upon this film, and it does talk about Drago and Lidmilla in it, and even call back to a throwing towel thing in a more introspective way. I'm not opposed to it. I, I just haven't got around to it. To. I've, I've seen, seen one. The first one, yeah. I enjoyed one. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed one. One reminded me a lot of, it was a mix of Rocky V and Rocky Balboa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it just yeah. reminded me of that. Um, let's do some general shout outs, shall we? Uh, Off Radar, who said we did an incredible choice doing Rocky Four on Christmas Day. I'm like, thank you. You could but download it. numbers didn't really line up. No, but, but you, you could have picked it was Christmas Day. Things. 
Uh, well, no, because you pick it up. I can deal with day of release. It's more. It was Christmas Eve, by the way. Um, but but but, but the <laughs> idea about what does it do in its first week? That's generally the key metric yeah, yeah, I think yeah, about. Yeah. And it, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't the boon that it is. Something like Die Hard did really well. Well, yeah, uh, it's Die Hard, though, isn't it? So the questions of which well, it was an eighties movie, yeah, but yeah. which ones stay in the in the consciousness mm-hmm. and which ones don't, and maybe it's a bit too. Maybe it's a bit too jingoistic and Cold War and people <laughs> left it behind. I don't know. I, I had fun. That's um, me too. Bigger movie pod. Thanks for the love. Chuck and Ruff go to the movies. Thanks for the love. David and Lisa from Scriptical let us know that they survived Whamageddon. Is Last Christmas a thing in Australia? Is the question I'm going to ask back to you. Mm. If it is, congratulations. If not, you don't count. <laughs> if, if, if you're on our Patreon and you did survive, I know Hermes got beat at almost the last hurdle. Like the 21st or yeah. something, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, let us know uh, if you survived from the Patreon because there's that was a fun game. There's no way any of us is going to reach the end. Oh, like some years yeah. I've gone until like the 14th yeah. and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I'll tell you what, ramping end. up towards the, like, I, I would have been knocked out six, seven times. Yeah, well, yeah. you, you were yeah. in this conversation because you said if you hadn't been knocked out on that first day, would you have been knocked out yet? And I think it was like two weeks after I got knocked out. And I was like, oh yeah, like 10, 15 times. Like, I don't yeah. listen to the radio, yeah. but it's just like going to the Tesco to grab something. Yeah, I do. I got hit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just really weird places. I got walking into a dance class because they were playing it and doing a stupid little like made up dance. Yeah. To it. So I was like, oh, there you go. When I got hit with it, I heard it three times that day. Did it? I was like, geez. Um, we've got Kev, the happiest man in podcast for hey, the podcast yeah, that wouldn't hey. die. Thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Vern from Cinema Recall. Happy New Year, buddy. Uh, Liam, this is a shout out to you, buddy. Because you responded to a tweet over 50 days after you were tagged in it. <laughs> Did I really? Yes. I commented on it, which you clearly haven't seen. And, haven't. and Carlo went, how long is it going to take him to respond to this one? <laughs> and I said, oh, you can clearly see Carlo. He's finding out about it now. So we'll see. If I'd left him alone, who knows? Oh, oh no. And then GIF of the week was snow. And we snow, had some strong yeah. contenders. Ian Davies, you were not one of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, who else do we have here? So it's there's four really good ones. I'm going to give an honorable, I'm going to share the bronze medal between David from Scriptical, who had a clip of Simon Cowell saying, it's a no from me. It's a, it's a no. It's a no. That's yeah. quite funny. Yeah. He, he commented, I'm quite clever with this. You are. But you pointed out that you're clever and now you're not. Yeah. Well, I don't know how it got in it, to be fair. I, I had to give it a second look. David Hunter, who had this American football player, he was listening. He was listening. David Hunter, because I said last week, if it was if it was the Patriots with yeah, the miracle, yeah, yeah. I'd have given you the win. This NFL uh, Detroit Lions player would just like snow caked into his helmet as he's trying <laughs> to get him off the ground. Very good. Silver medal, and I thought it was going to win. E, uh, sorry, uh, Hermes, who had Linus from the Christmas, oh, the Charlie we, Brown Christmas. We watched, yeah. Liam and I actually watched this we on Christmas did. Day. We did. And I saw that. That's perfect. He was catching a snowflake on his tongue. It's adorable. I've just found it. But then number one has to go to Nate the Great who had a picture of Jon Snow from Game of Thrones yeah, yeah. freezing in a blizzard. Uh, <laughs> so, so much snow. So much snow, yeah, Snow yeah. on top of snow. It's snow, snow argument who deserves the win on this. Absolutely. Snow on snow. The winner of the first gift of the week in 2023 goes to... Nate the Great, almost the wrong name. <laughs> Nate the Great. So Hermes, I give you the greatest gift there is, the gift of complaining, because you can continue to say it's rigged. All right. <laughs> Fantasy football, let's just put a bow on it. Uh, the final is tonight and tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, oh, it I is Alex from Main Street Finance <laughs> against Reverend Bruce. Oh, I'm going to wear my thing on my sleeve. I'm rooting for Reverend Bruce just because he actually showed up to the draft. Yeah. Absolutely. As opposed to waking up with the drafting, winning team. Yeah. I'll say this. Alex got a great team. He hasn't screwed it up. I'll also say he's had like no injuries this year. <laughs> I looked at his roster. I'm like, there is, if one of these two people you thought would have prayed for divine intervention, you would have thought it would have been Reverend Bruce. 
<laughs> but it looks like it's been Alex. <laughs> but uh, look, well done, both of you. I acknowledge Alex. He not, he he put he put the beat down on me last week. It wasn't even close. So well done. Yeah, well done. Um, want to give us a review? Five stars. I hear it's a magic number. Five is the magic number. Great. Let's talk about this for two seconds. It's New Year's. Anybody have any resolutions? Nope. <laughs> uh, I do. Okay. I do. Um, last year, my New Year's resolution was to read two books. In the entire of the year? In the entire of the year, yeah. How did you do? Failed miserably. Okay. Um, because the year before, I read one book. Yep. And so I was going to do two books. Yep. Now, I was in a dilemma this year. I'd failed miserably mm-hmm. uh, reading two books. So do you up it, or do you just go back into yeah, it? Yeah. Okay. What, what do I do? Do I do I go for two again this year, or do, hmm. I, do I go for three? It's 2023. You've got to go for three, man. You've kept yourself accountable. I think it's a better story if you knock off three. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The year after falling short of two. beat it, you smash, smash it. it. Yeah. Yeah, good point. And you've acknowledged it on the, on the mic, so we can come back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now I folks, felt, honestly, I, I felt really disheartened. Having known Liam, having known Liam for close to a decade now, I will say <laughs> that if he says he'll do something, you call him, I'll go, no, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> if we get to Christmas Day next hey, year, I'm very honest. and you've not read anything, let me know, and I'll bring you around some, like, Biff, Chip, and Kipper. He's got to read some legit books. No, I got, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah, do, yeah. like, now we are five or something. Hungry Caterpillar three times. Five goats cheating on their New Year's resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> the tiger who went in for a pint. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's, a, it's an old Sean Locke joke. Yeah. The tiger the who came to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the tiger who went in for a pint is hysterical. If yeah, you get a chance, folks, that. look up the tiger who went for a pint on YouTube. It's a, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, Ethan, any uh, resolutions? Uh, it's like, there's the, the usual ones that everyone's like, uh, less red meat, eat, eat more healthy. But I want to try and watch that older films like black and white 1940s 1950s because i've seen every day bbc2 usually show like a 40s 50s or 60s film that's usually in black and white so i want to try and watch more of those because cleopatra yeah cleopatra was on today um that's not black and white yeah, but like that, nah. but there's a load that I really want to watch. Because so just say classic movies. You don't have to- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cla- okay, class- right? yeah, classic movies. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. one of my favorite films that I watched in 2022 was um, Shop Around the Corner, and that's become like in my top ten favorite films of all time. That's what uh, you've got mails based off. Yeah, yeah, Is love it? that film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yep. And it's technically a Christmas film, and I forgot that until after we did the Christmas episode. I will say, I am thrilled about our film selection in 2023. I'm really, really, really stoked. It's very varied, isn't it? And it's very varied. And I did get a hold of you guys and say, for the most part, we're not going to have any choices this year. Yeah. For the most part, it's all big anniversaries and things that should be coming up and the whatever. And then our Patreon backers. Were mine really that bad? (laughs) 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 The resties will be next week. (laughs) (laughs) That's a polite way of putting it, wasn't it? I don't know if I do a resolution. I do something. I challenge you get myself every year. Whatever that is. A couple of few years ago, it was no McDonald's. I've done no energy drinks. You're very I, good at these. I am. I did. To which point today, on my time hop, came up a picture of the McDonald's you ordered on the like next day when you'd done Went no to McDonald's. New Year's day, and I ordered like, everything on the menu. <laughs> uh, we went out with neighbors of the podcast, Richard yeah. and Debbie, on that one. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, what else is there? Um, so I've done no sandwich deals from Tesco. That's right, you have. Oh. It was, which, and this year, it was no eating while I'm driving. Yep. That I just and I went through the whole year, no eating while I'm driving. Nailed that. You should carry on with that, though. Yeah, the, oh yeah that's the whole idea. So hopefully yeah, these yeah, things. Yeah. So I drink I drink far less energy drinks than I used to. I still drink them, but I don't drink nearly as many. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's to try and 
cut out some habits. So this yeah. year I've got one. It's actually about uh, – I'm going to do this one on Saturdays. I'm going to have a schedule of three things I want to make sure I do every Saturday. Mm-hmm. So one's going to be make sure my car's clean. Yep. The next one's going to be make sure the house is clean. Yep. And the last one is just go for a run of some sort. Oh, nice. And that's at every Saturday thing. So Saturday morning, if I get up, I can knock those three things out, and then none of them become huge where it takes so much time to do it. Yep, yep, yep. So that's my plan. And that's what you can't keep up on around the, you know, doesn't mean you just leave everything around all week and go on Saturday and clean up. No, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but awesome. just the idea of it on Saturday, I go, done. Yep. It is to a good level. Mm-hmm. So nothing ever gets away from me. Yep, yep. That is my plan because when I get busy during the school year, that's the stuff that sort of disappears. That's a good plan. So that is my plan. And like Liam said, I do tend to want to say, this is my thing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at it. You are. You so are. You You're very strict in how you, you regiment yourself with it. I am. Thank you very much. Well, uh, I do more video essays again, like I did. It was good. I, did, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I started doing it in 2021 and I did a Star Wars thing and that got noticed by Star Wars creators that make the content I was covering. And I went, yeah, I should do that again. And I didn't, and it's 2023 now, and I kind of wanted to do that again because I was getting in and in for doing actual reviews for them, and then that went away. Kirsty was talking about um, recording goals for. I, I haven't really set any. Mm. No, and I'm the kind of guy who probably would be the one of the four of us who would set some sort of metric. I want to hit a hundred thousand next year. A hundred thousand, yeah. of course. Yeah. But that should what be. Are we, what are we looking at for that? We're up around seventy-six thousand five hundred plus. Okay, so Ooh. what's the? Uh, it gives you a, a metric of. Well, I, I make that metric up. Um, oh, okay. It, 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 it depends on how how much we're releasing. So it's oh, been very okay. light lately. Yeah. And with Christmas, it, everything slows to like no one even listens to a whole lot of podcasts. So the numbers like kind of grind. But no, I think by about. I mean, if we were to go for it, I think you know late in the summer would be kind of a good a good aim. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So there'd be that. Um, I'd like to bring back who do you think you are, mainly because it's the 60th this year, and I forgot. And I would like to have more conversations with creatives. And something that George and I got a chance to do this week, and I, I can't believe I forgot to mention it to this point. As you say, you haven't mentioned that is, yet. Uh, we got to sit down with a composer of the Headless series, Dylan Gladhorn, for an hour. Yeah. And we talked Whoa. everything about how he... Um, how he composed the music for Headless specifically, what his process is like when he gets brought in, how he writes music when you've got to like lead it, when it's the visual that's got to lead mm-hmm. the bus and not your musical timing. Yeah. And, all, and, and then talking about his influences, we talked about Williams versus Zimmer and what are the strengths of both. Yeah. yeah. Really interesting. Really and, interesting. Uh, what, and again, just like everybody else we've met from, from, from Shipwrecked, the nicest guy. So lovely. The nicest guy and said afterwards he'd have been happy to have kept going for... He was while, just yeah. happy as would, yeah. as would I. Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was good. So uh, we've been very fortunate to have people both in front of the camera, but also behind the camera who've spoken to us about the process of writing for film or writing for long-form storytelling of some capacity. Mm-hmm. So that's a good one. Uh, I don't know for sure when it's coming out, uh, but we'll keep promoting it here until it drops. Yeah. Uh, he's given us right, uh, the rights to use some of his music in the interview. So oh, I want to make sure that's, that's done correctly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so keep your ears out for that. On the note of keeping your ears out and doing things correctly and being a little bit more strict, here we go. We've got Good Morning Vietnam. Good Morning Vietnam. Why are we? That was quite good. There you go. Why are we doing this? I think this is the. Uh, anniversary? I think this is the 35th, 35th. anniversary. Yeah. 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 So, uh, the pitch in 1965, an unorthodox and irreverent DJ named Adrian Cronauer begins to shake things up when he's assigned to a U.S. Armed Services radio station in Vietnam. Directed by Barry Levinson, who also did The Natural, Rain Man. Wow. Love Rain Man. Mm, Wag good. the Dog. <laughs> 
And then he did Sphere. Sphere is my second worst movie of all time. Is that the Sharon Stone one? Yes. It's, it is yeah, dreadful. Yeah, yeah. It's got Dustin Hoffman. I'm like, I, yeah. should, I, should, I should be loving this. Yeah. Hate it. And then uh, Ethan, Man of the Year. Man of the Year. I'm not calling he you Man of the Year. Isn't Man of the Year a Robin Williams? Oh, that's the greatest dad, whoever. My bad. I thought Man of the Year was a different movie. Right. He did. Was, I think it was Toy? No. There was like some Toy. He might have done Toys. Yeah, he did toys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, written by Mitch Markowitz, um, who's done episodes of Mash. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. On a story, yeah, you can see that, can't you? On a story by Adrian Cronauer, who I didn't realize was a real person. No, I didn't. Oh, oh that's cool. Cinematography by Peter Sova, who also did Sergeant Bilko, <laughs> Donnie Brasco, and Lucky Number Eleven. Three films I've never seen. Uh, I see Donnie Brasco. Donnie Brasco is very highly regarded. That's uh, Johnny Depp, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, 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 the mob or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, music by Alex North. Uh, Alex North, sorry, who did a streetcar named Desire, Death of a Salesman, yes. and Spartacus. This is his penultimate film. I don't know what music was in this. Uh, there was there was very was little score. Music, it was all licensed yeah, music yeah, yeah. from my sound. Mostly licensed music. Yeah. Uh, first time I saw this, I don't really know. We had it for years and years, and I never turned it on because Good Morning Vietnam, I thought, was probably the best part of it, was the actual, just him saying the name of the movie. <laughs> well, I think I was probably about mid-teen when I saw this. Um, and I remember, uh, the, obviously, the bit where he goes, Good Morning Vietnam, and I remember all the, the, the craziness and the throwing the mic around and throwing the records and making it really fun. And I remember Bruno Kirby being in it because I hate that guy as an actor. I did he also sleep with Michelle Pfeiffer? <laughs> no, <laughs> not that I know of. But he always played them slimy gits, you know. Uh, He's a good guy in City Slickers. Well, <sighs> see, that was my introduction to him with City Slickers, oh, so it? I know yeah, him yeah, as a yeah. good guy. Yeah, he's also in um, When Harry Met Sally, I think. He's not very. Good. He's got. He's in. He's in a lot of Billy Crystal stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I find him. I find him hard to watch. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, no. I think I was, I think I was like my my mid teens when I saw this, and I loved it because obviously the music. I'm a big music buff, and I love, mm. I love the Beach Boys and stuff. And that retro always, records and toys for all your retro needs. Thank you very much for the plug. That was nice. <laughs> um, yeah, and I remember the Beach Boys uh, being quite prominent in, in this movie. So, so yeah, that was for me. <sighs> probably, probably my mid teens. Uh, Ethan, I, it was when we did the Robin Williams Real Roundtable. Oh yeah. Our first yeah, real roundtable, so, our first yeah. real, real roundtable, anyway. Yeah, I, so I watched that in 2020 with, like, modern, like, as, as an adult, not as, like, a kid, because I, I, I liked Robin Williams, and I knew he said Good Morning Vietnam, but I knew nothing else about the film until, like, three years ago. And George, was this your first watch today? It was, yeah. Oh, okay, very good. Yeah. So we'll find out more from you as we go along then. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, so we start, uh, Context Corner, very little about it. In 1979, Adrian Cronauer pitched a sitcom based on his experiences as an armed forces radio station DJ. Although one of the most popular television programs of the era was the Korean War period piece MASH, the networks were not interested because they did not see war as comedy material. Cronauer mm. then revamped his sitcom into a script for TV, a TV movie of the week, which eventually got the attention of one specific A-list. I'll let you guess who that was. Hmm. Very little of Cronauer's original treatment remained after writer Mitch Markowitz was brought in, however. So, the deep dive begins. We begin with Touchstone Pictures. I love that. 
Yeah, I do. I do. It's quite comforting, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's once well, it's like a childhood being played there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, and we see a, a close up on a microphone, <laughs> and I love this movie already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of smoke, and we hear some dull DJ, and he warns that if you want to get your Christmas cards home in time for Christmas, make sure you we get them by August 13th. Yeah. You want an idea that conditions aren't great? There you go. I love how he's so droll, and you keep I hearing him just it with, roll on. As we're now coming up to the holiday season, make sure you get your cards. Yeah, away, which is which is even it's, funnier. It's a great misdirect because yeah. you go, "Oh, when is this then?" Mm. Uh, we find out Saigon, nineteen sixty-five. Anybody ever seen Miss Saigon? No, I actually haven't. I've always wanted I know to. What it's about, oh, I saw it live in Toronto. Yeah, wow, it's good. Was there a helicopter in your version? Yes. That's cool. Yeah, that's quite it, cool. It, 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 was the the big, it was the big. It was the big finale. Does it have a helicopter? I believe it was the show that led to the Princess of Wales Theatre being built in Toronto. Or not that it was. It was the first show they did. So everything was. They would have equipped it for. So that, it's yeah. like one of those shows where like the set moves like with hydraulics and stuff. Yeah, but you yeah, can't yeah. like no one's moving a piece of, of, of set around. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. Just all ha- it, it was like magic. Like wow. the set in there. There's a, a theater in Germany that was built exclusively for Starlight Express. Well, not exclusively for, but that's what it was built for. And it's got a track that goes around the theater for the yeah. skating. So uh, someone's getting off the plane. It looks very different to everybody else. And that would be Adrian Cronauer played by the immortal Robin Williams. Uh, commented on the accuracy of the film, the real-life Cronauer commented, quote, I'm very happy with it. Of course, it was never intended to be an accurate point-by-point biography. It was intended as a piece of entertainment, and Williams was playing a character named Adrian Cronauer. Who I shared- disagree. Oh. Robin Williams was playing Robin Williams. <laughs> hey, well, hang on a second. <laughs> character named Adrian Cronauer, who shared a lot of my experiences, but actually, he was playing Robin Williams. Oh, there we are. There we are. Commenting on his portrayal in the film, Cronauer continued, anyone who's been in the military will tell you that if I did half the things in that movie, I'd still be in Leavenworth right now. <laughs> That's a military prison <laughs> of some yeah, sort. Yeah. A lot of Hollywood imagination went into the movie. I was a disc jockey in Vietnam, and I did teach English in my spare time. I was not thrown out of Vietnam. I stayed for my full one-year tour, and I was honorably discharged. None of the people in the film are based on actual people Cronauer met, although he did describe them as stereotypes of military personnel who existed at the time. The scene where we'll talk about that later. Uh, he did, however, witness the bombing of a restaurant he had only recently left, and he did clash with army censors when prevented from reporting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Cronauer, he and Williams were forbidden by Levinson to meet each other because the director was afraid that if Robin and I met, that Robin would somehow do an unconscious imitation of me, which would change his character. Yeah, it wasn't going to change anything. Williams and Cronauer eventually met at the film's premiere. So, good morning, Thailand, because the film was shot in Bangkok, Thailand at the time. Um, Several hundred male students from the International School of Bangkok were recruited as extras to perform in the multitude of shots showing American GIs throughout the film. As a courtesy, Robin Williams came to the International School of Bangkok and put on a stand-up routine for all students in 10th grade and above. That's nice. You don't want him playing to a younger crowd no 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 definitely but, not uh, oh yeah it's about checking lives for fantasy football i need to cancel that for the year yeah 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 um what i what i loved about this uh movie before we carry on is there's a lot in this movie <laughs> thank you alexa alexa cancel this reminder <laughs> There we go. Wonderful. <laughs> you see a lot of Robin Williams doing a lot of stand-up in this movie. Oh, this, this film's just stand-up. It's just, he is basically just... They, they find they find that ways that fit into the story for yeah, him to yeah, just yeah. do stand-up. Yeah, 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 yeah. This film find is a audience, struggle if you don't like his stand-up. Yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, 
So we begin, he gets off the plane, and he's met by Private Edward Garlic, played by... Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. What great actor. As a I young man. he was in yeah. this. Who is this dude? Because I liked him. Forrest Whitaker? I'm trying to think of what else he's been in that you would have seen. He's done like, What's that thing he's done recently? He's been in Star Wars. He was Wars. in Black Panther. Yes, oh, he's Black yes, Panther. He he's is. the guy who interferes and stops him from dying. Yeah, yeah. I liked him. Yeah. He's, um... He, I, no Don't one saw start. Andor or I see that sheet in grid on your face. Do not start that conversation again. Shouldn't, shouldn't interfere. Stop. <laughs> Just saying. Stop. Um... Uh, Private Edward Garlic is nervous, and his job is to tell us that we should love Robin Williams. Like, like Robin Williams says like one thing, and he goes literally. Uh, Forrester goes, "Man, that's funny. You're funny. I like you." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, you're not really trying that hard to sort of disguise who we're supposed to have allegiance to in this film. And he you? does the like awkward little giggle that like the nerd friend in any <laughs> high school movie <laughs> makes when it like. Your, the cool guy text. likes me now. Yeah, yeah. yeah like it's like uh, the 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 sidekick in Ten Things I Hate About You is like, oh, you're a funny guy. That's in uh, Looper. What's his name? Bruce Willis. Oh, no, not no. The the uh, the other one. Uh, oh, oh, the kid. He was in Five uh, yeah. Days of Summer. Yeah, because he's yeah, because he's the oh god, I you know who I'm talking this about. This is gonna bug me. He's Robin Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt. The, oh, the cameo okay. in every Ryan Johnson movie. Yeah. Um. So Cronauer is in love with the first woman he sees. It's this woman in a white, sort of slim-fitting uh, outfit and a, I guess, a hat. what you would expect of a hat from yeah. Vietnam at this time, or at yep. least that's what's, yeah. what we've been Should shown. I find out what those hats are called? Sure. Yeah. Because Robin wears one later in the DJ booth. <laughs> he does. Um, and so uh, he then sees her again, and it's a fun little joke. She's so fast. Look at her. Um, Quick, go quicker. See if she can catch up. He goes, I feel like a fox in a chicken coop. I mean, so, obviously some of these lines will not fly today. No, no, no. It's not very PC. Um, and then we go, we meet Sergeant Major Dickerson, played by J.T. Walsh. He Good doesn't actor. want the new DJ there. Um, yeah, he was all right. He was, he was an easy guy to dislike. Yeah, but he's in a, he's in a lot of things over the years. Often played the, the asshole or the bad guy. But. This is where you get the idea that maybe um, Ed Garlic isn't... <laughs> Uh, that bright yet or very he's very naive because he's told yeah i'm told that he's got a prostate problem and a social disease that won't go away and basically they're saying he's like a pain in the ass but i don't think he's picked up all the uh, information on it oh i thought he was saying that as in like a way to like take the piss without without making it sound non-medical i thought he was being like sarcastic oh really okay i didn't pick up on that oh no i thought ed was being sarcastic see i think the challenge at the start of the movie is if these guys are all that naturally funny then you don't need robin williams no you don't do Mm. Mm. everybody can be like appreciative of someone else's humor Mm -hmm. that's one thing but to then go ahead and be like if he's that level of funny you don't need robin the other guy in the radio (sighs) station yep um who keep pointing to him yep. and all that and the other. is he a stand-up um i don't know i didn't look him up like in real life familiar to me i've seen him in lots of stuff and he he always plays the comic he always plays a comic guy comic so, guy yeah, he's yeah, a comic yeah. actor if nothing yeah, else yeah. Yeah, yeah um and then we meet uh general taylor played by noble willingham imagine if your name or willingham i imagine in the states imagine if your first name was noble noble yeah. that's all right <laughs> we find that he's a him. big fan of Cronauer. he saw him when he was stationed in greece and had decided they had to have them for uh saigon and we also meet lieutenant stephen hawk played by bruno kirby mm-hmm. 
Um, I really like Bruno Kirby's performance in this <sighs> as the guy who thinks he's funny yeah, but clearly yeah. isn't, but has yeah. opinions on what funny should be. Yeah, yeah. Because he thinks he's and really funny. Persist with it. <laughs> yeah. Like a guy with no self awareness. None. And I think it takes a lot of skill to play a guy with no self awareness this well. I give him credit for his acting, but you know. Bruno Kirby says he enjoyed working on this film more than any other film in his career. Wow. He also said he could never tell any of his fans this, as they all want to hear how he was proudest of Godfather Part 2. Oh, okay. Which I didn't remember he was in. I've I didn't. seen it once. I've never seen it. Oh, really? I've only seen the first one. Godfather 1, Godfather 2. They're both very long, but they're excellent films. Yeah, yeah. And then I hear three sucks, so I haven't got around to it yet. Yeah, I know. Uh, Georgia. I have information on the hat. Yeah, tell me about Ooh. the hat. It is known as a non-la hat. Um, non-la, spell traditional, it uh, N-O-N-L-A. That's what I would have thought. Okay. Two, different, two different words, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, a traditional symbol of Vietnam, um, often worn by women over the elegant silk dye tunic dress okay. over trousers, which is what we see in this as well. They double up as um, buckets if you need to carry anything. Yeah, yeah. They double up as a fan or as, um, like I said, baskets, but they also protect the wearer from both sun and rain because of the shape of them. I love those hats. And non-la, I, well. I believe also worn, Ethan, by Raiden in Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat's not my wheelhouse, oh, but I'm going to say yeah. I no. the game out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm convinced. No, I was a street fighter kid. Oh, this is cool. Vietnam, Vietnamese legend has has it that during a long period of torrential rain, which happens a lot in Vietnam, a giant woman descended from the sky wearing a hat so large it shielded the people from the rain. The hat was made with four large leaves woven together with bamboo sticks. And then basically she taught them how to do it, but that's where the hat comes from. Oh. Okay. That's lovely, isn't it? I like that. Uh, Lieutenant Hawk doesn't get... Um Oh, I've jumped ahead. Sorry. Um, he's the immediate line manager of uh, line managers, uh, commanding officer, mm-hmm. and doesn't get why uh, none of them will salute him. Uh, he, he considers himself pretty funny as well. He's got two jokes potentially to be sold to Reader's Digest. <laughs> oh, two jokes. And, and nice. Reader's Digest is, 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 is like, do you know what Reader's Digest is? Yeah, there's. Um we had things over here where you could buy records from Reader's Digest, which was just like compilation things. Yeah, so Reader's Digest was like a compilation of print material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, pocket-sized and uh, generally it plays to a very old crowd. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. Um, Dickerson then comes around and chews out Cronauer for his uniform. And Cronauer is out of I think Cronauer is out of line. He's, he he's wearing civvies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you wouldn't, would you? In all seriousness, it's just for us. They need to, they need to identify instantly yeah. that Cronauer is anti-establishment. Yes, yes. Which is ironic. Like, let's put him in the U.S. military yeah. with the long, hard tradition of U.S. military films. Full, full metal jacket, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And things. Platoon. Yeah, and like the screaming drill sergeant mm-hmm. kind of concept. And yeah, we'll yeah. put Robin Williams in that world. Uh, Dickerson has an issue with funny guys. We we had a funny guy with us back in. Wait, wait. So like, Robin Williams was responsible because some guy who had a sense of humor <laughs> yeah, was yeah, a bad yeah. soldier? And I want his call to come anyway. <laughs> he says, I will burn you so badly you'll wish you died as a child. <laughs> wow. What a statement. That was impactful. But, but I kind of loved it. But why would you say that to somebody like Robin Williams? It's, what were you saying in Vietnam where, like, yeah, yeah. napalm's a thing? Yeah. Mm. And hundreds Jeez. of children are dying. Mm. Uh, so day one, he goes home. Day one on the job, Cronauer is woken at 5.30 by Edward, who is the happiest man in the world. Mm-hmm. If Kev from the podcast that wouldn't die had a part in this movie, <laughs> he'd be this. He'd be far from <laughs> He would. Uh, a news order comes in saying the U.S. is increasing its commitment, and we meet the censors, these two twins who say oh nothing. <laughs> Do you recognize Kind of twins? a fact check corner, if you will. No. 
They were in, if, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think it's Terminator 2. Oh, hang on. That's right. Yeah. Because one of them turns into the other one. Yeah, that's, yeah, you're yeah. 100% right. I know exactly. George is checking, but you're 100% right. I'm just seeing, well, finding what their names are. And okay. the fact that they were twins. Brilliant. Um, that's, that's very cool, actually. Mm. Um, and we meet Marty Lee Drywitz, played by Robert Wool, and he's the guy who we were talking about. George, is something you want to add? <laughs> they are Don Stanton and Dan Stanton. Of course they are. Don and Dan. How ridiculous is that? Um, Sorry, that's that's just stupid. <laughs> we find out that Marty is very like-minded to Adrian Cronauer. He's not as funny, but he's always mm. backing him up. So very quickly, uh, Adrian Cronauer has found himself a team of support. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think this. I don't think you'd really get away with this level of insubordination in the U.S. military. No, 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 no. Broadcast number one, and it's Robin Williams off to the races. And you, I doubt you're going to be surprised by this. Robin Williams ad libbed all of the broadcasts. Uh, you are yeah. kidding? Uh, Lieutenant Hawk doesn't get the Good Morning Vietnam or why he's playing modern music. Cronauer plays with uh, plays with the record speeds, which is kind of funny for a bit. But he plays lots of cultural references as well. He did the Twilight Zone. He does the Wizard of Oz. It's like watching him do his Aladdin routine mm. in real time. Mm. The Twilight yeah. Zone will make me laugh. Did that you one, get it? That okay. One, that one. Could he do this routine today? There's a lot of things about his routines that would be difficult. Very his difficult. first one, I think he can. We talked yeah. about Hanoi Hannah, and he does call her a slut. Let's <laughs> talk about Hanoi Hannah. During one of his improvised news broadcasts, Robin Williams brings up Hanoi Hannah, calling her the Wicked Witch of the North. Hanoi Hannah was the stage name adopted by Trin Thignon, a North Vietnamese female broadcaster who was made famous on both sides of the war for her thrice-daily North Vietnamese English-language propaganda broadcasts. While her carefully scripted broadcasts were intended to taunt and demoralize American troops, Hannah's broadcast containing misused American slang, bizarre cultural references, mispronounced words, and outrageous claims of imaginary uh, North Vietnamese victories were largely considered amongst GIs a source of ridiculous entertainment. <laughs> Back to the broadcast, and this is where we start switching to showing men in the field working on trucks or marching with their guns, and they're all laughing and smiling at the yeah, broadcast. Yeah, and that young young lads as well. Yep. Uh, so they're loving the footage. They're loving the sorry. They're loving what he's doing. They're loving the music. And so this is the idea. What's the purpose of this broadcast? Because some people would say the purpose of the, of the radio station is to inform. And they're not informing, though, are they? Well, that's the thing. But equally, he's only on twice, twice a, day. a day. Yep. And the radio shows have all got, always got different times and stuff that you have different types of show in. Sure. So he doesn't have to be the one that informs. Right. But the question is, so what is the purpose? But on an ideological basis, I think Dickerson believes it's to inform. But, you know, at the end of the day, right, if you're a GI and you're out there and you're working your butt off and it's hot and everything else, you want a bit of fun. You want that bit of home. You want that sure. bit of something, don't you? Yeah. So why do Hawk try and stomp on this? You know, you'd think you'd, You'd want to get the GIs a bit he, more. He misguidedly thinks he knows what the people want. Yeah. Poker, poker. So um, <laughs> is it to inform? Is it to entertain? Or is it to provide an escape? And this is the ideological battle the whole film comes along. Mm. What is the purpose of this? And then as, as mentioned, but you're not even doing the, the informing part right. You're informing only only good news, and that's not the reality. So no, you, can't no, no, tr- no. you can't trust the source. Am I right in thinking that this is... Um, True in history, though, they sugarcoat a lot of things in American history in the past to make it sound a bit better than what it is. In, to who? What are we talking about? Well, to, to, the, to the, to the like, during the Second World War, they would sugarcoat a little bit more. To than, the soldiers or to the public? To the public. Sure. You know, where over here... Oh, no, it was just a sugarcoated here in many ways. 
Yeah, I know, but not as much. You know, not as much was censored. I mean, um, I would bring you to the. Just, I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Hang okay. on, let Ethan fly back sixty years and find out. <laughs> <laughs> I would bring you to the classic poem "Charge of a Light Brigade" by Alfred Lord Tennyson. <laughs> oh, okay, which is a, a poem about a real thing that happened in the Boer War. It was the Battle of Balaclava. And oh, I heard about this. Yeah. Um, there's a, a mistake. A message gets given to the wrong group. Yep. And they're told charge for the guns. Now, there's a bunch of guys on horseback mm-hmm. charging at Russian cannons. Uh, so what happens cannons when you charge at cannons to the right of them, cannons in front of them? Yeah. So even though they know the orders are wrong, they follow their orders and they charge the cannons. And they, like, get, like, Slowly. massacred. Like, mm-hmm. very few come back. And Tennyson, who's the poet laureate, so he's the poet in charge of writing poems in the national interest, is appointed by the monarch. Mm-hmm. He writes this great poem that says, honor the charge they made, honor the whatever, noble 600. And there's this idea about the, you know, these are God's soldiers. And rather than do the real thing, which would have been, how could we let the mistake of this? We don't fucked up. How yeah. can we, how can we let a mistake of this magnitude occur? It was whitewashed with, let's tell, can I tell you a story about the bravest soldiers who ever were? Mm. And we and we sugarcoat that. So when wars start letting cameras and stuff in, so Vietnam is probably the first real example of you it. You see a lot of footage, don't you? Yeah, because up until then, everything was kind of coming back through. I mean, still photographs, World War One, World War Two, mm. but actual video—that's mm. Vietnam. Yeah. So I think the Americans are probably more guilty of it, but I think we, I think in 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 Britain and probably in Canada as well. There's still some of that going on, sure. Yeah, but the reason I say that was because when their law passed where you couldn't make up stories, you had to use um, proper stories. Well, and there, if you were going to, you, you can't just cut out everything, can you? They know there's a war going no. on, so. So we don't see them making stuff up. We just see them omitting everything. Yeah. Mm. Here, that's, that's, that's well, the main like, problem. It's yeah. like now, uh, a lot of a lot of history, uh, I don't know, not even history documentaries, but like just a lot of, history outlets kind of gloss over they 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 pick the best bits about like even winston churchill oh he did all this but we we also do gloss over a lot of his misgivings because it it's not uh it's not the patriotic story that makes us feel good about winning the war kind of thing no but i understand you know you to report on news and you need to uplift the the people whether it be civilians or soldiers but wouldn't you want to know that down the road there's bombs going off? Be careful. I had, I, I, I mean, I lived for a year in the States and I spoke to Americans who would openly tell me America's never lost a war. And I'd go, <laughs> okay, well, War of 1812, you know, <laughs> Vietnam. Uh, and there's all these things that are wrapped up with, it's, it's, it's this delicate balance to go, is what, what happens then if you've lost. And, but it's this, it's the same as, um, if you watch the Olympics in Canada versus the US, and I promise there's a link here. Okay. In Canada, we show all our Olympic coverage live. Yep. So if our Canadian hero, and this has happened in the speed skating or whatever it's going to be, falls on his face in the first five meters, even though he's the world champion and favored to win the Olympic gold, yeah. we will show you that. Yeah. yeah. America, usually NBC Sports, they've had the rights forever and ever on end, show their Olympic coverage on tape delay. Now, what's the advantage of doing it on tape delay? You can cut it. You can edit. Yes. And so Americans are fed a steady diet of Americans winning because yeah, yeah. you get to cut the other stuff out. 
Now, so much so that Americans live in border towns to try to see if they can get the Canadian, back in the days when you had antennas anyway, you'd mm-hmm. see if you get the, the, the Canadian signal. And in the world where the internet exists, like, why would you watch anything on tape delay? It makes no sense. Yep. But it's that idea of you're, if you're always fed images, that all you do is win, 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 as, you know, DJ Khaled once said. No matter what. <laughs> Got gold medals on my mind. I can never get enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like this year. Uh, well, not this year. Like, we're was giving it the, out the besties. Everybody's hands go up. <laughs> when when England uh, when England and the US drew in the in the World Cup this year, the American headlines were "America wins in one one draw," and they stayed there. <laughs> There you go up down. Uh, no, but so I think it's the you idea. Guys of, completely lost me because the hard part is <laughs> the hard part is how do you keep the morale of the men up? And that is all. So that's the reason that the people who are doing yeah, the censoring, yeah. if we tell them what's really going on, they will lose heart. Cronauer's going. They're not blind though. No, they, they see can it. see what's going on. Yeah, you can't yeah. keep lying to them because no. then what happens when they lose faith in you? Then then then, then the institution loses nothing. credibility. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. So, um. I'm completely here. We are so back to the broadcast. We said that uh, there was this, and so Cronauer. He's got this group of characters. I don't think any of them you could keep on today. Uh, he's clearly got his gay fashion designer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's very which funny. He uses, which he uses quite a lot. These are he's... stock characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, black preacher voice. Yeah, I don't think you could do that today. No, no. Um, but the movie will like cut to like a black actor or a black character like laughing. So, you know, cause back then though, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been a thing. No. Um, but nonetheless, you make sure you see the black characters laughing at this and that, 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 you had that, you have, um, oh, there was, there was this guy who seemed like he'd been hit in the head one too many times. Yeah. And so he was responding to stuff and, uh, you know, very, very funny. And then he pitches to Dan, the man to take over for him. Who's a noticeable step down. And he comes out and Marty's going to go, Oh, they said you were funny. You're so funny. <laughs> Which is important because we're about to go into a debriefing where Hawk tells Cronauer to stop making jokes about the weather. Did you know it was two degrees cooler today? <laughs> it was, yeah. and this is two degrees. It's still hot. This is two degrees Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit which yeah, is yeah, even yeah. less than two degrees yeah, Celsius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say two degrees Celsius. There is like when it's lower temperatures, there is a difference. But like, like ten and twelve. This is could have been but. really, like, really crappy dialogue. Mm. I think Bruno Kirby nails this. He is as a guy who's blissfully unaware that yeah, two degrees yeah, yeah. is nothing. Yeah. And he can't tell when the men are being sarcastic to him. Not at all. Oh, he's Don't so get good. It, does he? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's got a problem with people not saluting him. I've got him brackets. I've worked with a lot of Lieutenant Hawks oh. in many jobs over the years. But again, that wouldn't happen. If he's a higher-ranked officer, he would be saluted, wouldn't he? Agreed. Regardless. Agreed. But in non-military jobs, I've worked with a lot of guys like this. Yeah, tell yeah. someone so that when you're gone, I'm in charge. Yeah, yeah, guys, yeah. when I'm gone, she's in charge. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people cool. have the power, don't they? Yeah. Um, some people need, need, need the title and need that whatever. Need that position, Just, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Uh, he also wants a mellower selection of records played, and they're trying to figure out, we need someone to entertain the troops. And they say, what about Bob Hope? And he goes, no, no, Bob Hope won't come out because this isn't a war. This is a police action. <laughs> And so, uh, Private Ebersold, played by Richard Edson. Ethan, do you recognize this guy? I did. I know I should, but I didn't. He's in Do the Right Thing. Oh. He's he's the, he's the son who's uh, an, an ally for most of the movie. Oh shit! Yeah, he did very see It's the only thing I've ever seen him in. I'm like, I've never seen the ever the, the son. It's not Pino. It's the other one. I forget Tino. I forget Pino. And he's very distinct. 
Yeah. You know how he looks. Um, yeah, he's... He, He's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like someone smashed his nose into his face a bit. It's very wide and, and flat. Um, he's hoping the war will escalate so they can get Bob Hope. The rest of the group can use not treat Hawk seriously. And Cronauer wants the Beach Boys. And I love the Beach Boys. What do you think about the Beach Boys? I love the Beach Boys. God Only Knows might be the greatest song ever written. Oh, it's up there. Brian Wilson is genius. Genius. People who hear layers of melodies, like the, regular people write one melody. The geniuses, you know, the people who would have been like Mozart back in the day, mm. you, you know, they've got four or five or six different melodies all working on top of each other as it goes along. Um, Paul McCartney can do it. Um, Freddie Mercury can do it. Will I Am can do it. But Brian Wilson can do it. Do you know I, I love this this story when it's been told? Rubber Soul comes out by the Beatles. Yeah. And he listened, Brian Wilson listens to this and he goes, oh, my God, my ears have been opened. This is amazing. And he come up with Pet Sounds. Yep. Not only that, Pet Sounds come out. Then McCartney and Lennon come out and go, Whoa, that's amazing. Sergeant Pepper. Yep. Now, without one them. or the other, yep. you would have never got those albums. Two classic albums. Amazing. Ethan? Either Side Atlantic. Brilliant. Oh, what? My favourite Beach Boys? No, you were saying something. I was thought He's I'd... agreeing with I'd... him. Yeah, I was saying uh, that, like, what Liam said was fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, and we can put it here, like, the Beach Boys are just too far gone. Like, you think of the Beach Boys Come and you on. go, like, I'm not talking, like, because they did. When, when Brian Wilson leaves the band, they go really schlocky mm, yeah, and really go back into this gimmicky, we're the Beach Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Kokomo's a lovely song, but it, it, it's, it's fun and it's whatever it is, but it's not the musical quality of Pet Sounds. No. No. So. Um, That's my glove for you. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Hanging out on Full House with, Je- with John Stamos. Um, we find out that former Vice President Richard Nixon is coming to the base on Friday. Sorry, is that the VP? The VP <laughs> has a PC. We should keep it on the, on the, on the DL. <laughs> regarding gonna our be, VIP. He's going to be VIP, yeah. yeah. Or he'll be pretty PO'd. <laughs> That's clever. Uh, back in Saigon, they go to a bar and we meet Jimmy Wah, played by Kuba Wen. Was he in anything else? Or was this just a... I didn't look into his back catalogue. I imagine not. No. Uh, George, I think, is trying to look it up. Um, I can give you the, the actor's name in a second. Uh, he runs the bar, and it's. Oh, I said first, it's heavily suggested he's gay. He's gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? He wasn't a punchline, though, because of, except for his fascination with this one actor and finding naked pictures of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that he was gay wasn't the joke. Mm. At least I don't think so. There is actually a Jimmy Wiles modern Vietnamese restaurant in uh, Australia. Oh, there you go. Uh, it's the best beer in Vietnam. Vietnam is the only beer in Vietnam. Did he say they put a little bit of formaldehyde in it? Yeah, that's yeah. hand worth you. Yeah, he was like, if you go to the hospital, you come back, you'll get like a free meal or something. Cronauer <laughs> uh, sees the same girl again and rushes out of the bar, and we meet Trin, played by Chintara Sukapatana. Uh, she leaves in a motorized rickshaw, and Cronauer and Garlic follow on bikes. Uh, Garlic's for sure doesn't have rubber on it. I'm not sure about Cronauer's. He comes off at one point, and I think that that weren't meant to happen. I don't it? think so. He looked pretty scared oh, that looked when he real. went down. Yeah. I got here. Eddie almost dies. And then Trin goes to an English language class, and Edward catches up and says, I saw my life flash from my eyes, and it wasn't very interesting. Uh, Ed tells Cronauer he can't date her without specific family instructions. 
So Cronauer decides, fine, I'll be the teacher of our English language class. So he tells the existing teacher, who's also military personnel, he has two months to live and wants to teach before he dies. None of this actually happened, by the way. No, I was going to say, would you, you would never be able to, A, infiltrate uh, the English class, no. for instance. Because, A, there's procedure of what you're doing and how you go about it. Yep. And then he carries it on. Yeah. That uh, never he, happened. Cronauer did teach English language. Yeah. But it was never for a girl, and he, ne- he never pursued a girl like this, and he never bought someone's and, way off. And to be fair, in this day and age, to pursue someone the way he did yeah. is not... Oh, the, his pursuit of her in this movie is not very 2022 no. friendly. 2023 oh, Especially with, with the, the kind of age difference that is very clearly sort of well, you're, shown. You're, oh, jeez, he's just giving spoilers on the age game, hasn't he? <laughs> oh, no, no, I've not actually. I thought I'm they not. were the same age. Oh. No, she's older. <laughs> That's why it's problematic. <laughs> um... He starts teaching again, and in essence, it's just a chance for Cronauer or Robin Williams to do more stand-up. I have a problem with this scene. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so he's teaching English, or trying to, and he's basically doing a stand-up routine. Now, he looks at the class, and Robin Williams is just doing Robin Williams, and he's, and he's uh, given the class this stand-up routine. So quick, how is someone supposed to pick up on what he's saying when they're trying to learn English. Don't know. And that's so broken English. And he's going, and they're going, and you're like, uh, no. Yeah. The last thing you need is Robin Williams going full out. Because we've learned an accent can be hard enough in some yeah. ways. Add a whole other language to it. Jeez. I also don't think the stand-up really worked. It was, I guess, I know that's the point. So we can't just watch him, like, drown, but... Oh God, I str- I struggle whenever it's the uh, the stand up stuff. To be fair, yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, and so basically, uh, the gimmick is, uh, you know, it's it's just kind of like watch people who aren't of that culture try to awkwardly go through the slang of a different culture. You know, the whole slip me some skin. Okay, this might work if you're going to New York. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there's whole portions of the states this wouldn't even work on. If you went to Ohio, slip me some skin means nothing. I mean, you know, this is... Yeah, this is he's just working. Yeah, this is just for the viewer of this film. This yes, is, this is nothing yeah. to do with the, the English. Like the party as a teacher is going. He's not really benefiting his students the way he needs to. With no, this. no, not at all. Um, so. I've got slip me some skin groovy. I'm like, this part feels dated. And it reminds me of Terminator two where, um, Edward Furlong's character is trying to teach, uh, Oh yeah. Arnold like no problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, this doesn't work. Uh, Trin is impressed with this whole situation, but there's a boy who is not. And the boy is called Twan. Twan is the boy's name. um, and he susses out that all Adrian Cronauer wants to do is date this girl, who we find out is his sister. Uh, Tuan lays out the American desire for, for women, and Cronauer asks him, well, what's wrong with that? Yeah. And so, um, and I don't know. I, mean, it, I think it definitely highlights the difference between the two cultures, the idea that Cronauer is so, uh, let's go ahead and... 
<laughs> we're doing some shifting here in we real are, time. We are doing some shifting. George is, George is relocated. We're trying to accommodate. <laughs> so it seems a bit strange. So it seems like we're just dragging onto our words a little bit. It's just because. <laughs> Sorry, I can't hear you. You've got something to figure out. Liam will help you figure out. I'll just continue on with the situation here. Uh, that's going to help really much when I need to start pushing a bunch of buttons later. <laughs> um, and so. Uh, Tuan lays out the American desire. Oh, stop. Okay, back to this. So he's going, what's wrong if I want to date your sister? What's wrong if I want to date your sister? What's wrong if I want to, if I want to kiss her? What's wrong if I want to sleep with her? Is kind of the message. What's mm. wrong with that? Which, I mean, it does, his sort of brash arrogance is like, how American are you going to be in this situation? Yeah, 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 you yeah. are in someone else's country. Exactly. Yeah. And you are fighting against that country. Yeah, well, you're, you're fighting, fighting against. You're fighting with the members of the yeah. country. We see. Do they really want you there? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and also he's trying to use a position of power as a teacher as well. Like that's also kind of rough because uh, I, I think because he's he's trying to teach her English. I, I think his position of power comes from the fact that he's an American GI in the in, in the country. I don't think. Any- I yeah, think it's yeah. a bit. Of, I, I would say it's a bit of both, just because. He's dangling. I, well, you, again, this is this is me see, going. I'm really annoyed. You, you, by the you film. see what's happening in the bar though later yeah. on. Two American Jews. Oh, that's but, yeah. Uh, I think and that, that seemed quite the fact that he feels he can walk up and just buy his way to being the teacher speaks to this sort of you know bordering on arrogance that you kind of have. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Okay, uh, then we've got. Uh, so Tuan so, sort of talks him through it, and then so uh, uh, Adrian Cronauer goes, well, let's go get some food, me and you. I want to be your friend. I want to be your friend. And they go to this, and they get this, like, bowl of, I don't know, noodles and some other purple-looking That looked like a squid or some stuff. Yeah. And he goes, eat it, eat it, eat it, and he eats it, and it's very spicy. I think they pranked him, and this is legitimately spicy that, that stuff. Looked, that looked, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think Rob Williams is a great actor. I don't think he's this good of an actor. No, 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 exactly. <laughs> because that, that looked like a genuine reaction. Yes, it did. <laughs> As someone who loves you some spicy food, I'm like, that's pretty much how you react when that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they go back to the, the bar, and um, they've got Tuan with them, and everybody meets Jimmy Wah, and they happen to meet up with the rest of the radio DJs there, and Ed's trying to work up the nerve to meet some girls off to the corner. Um, and we cut to Tuan, who looks unimpressed, and in order to win the girls over... Adrian Cronauer goes over, shows them just money. So I'm hoping these girls are prostitutes. It would appear so, wouldn't it? Like uh, they must be. If not, I'm not sure what the situation is there. Yeah, me either. But you know, because otherwise you just flash your money and they come following, and that's a really bad representation of women. If that's the story there, yeah. So uh, off they go, and the two, um, so all the women come over, and one leg sits on, like, Garlic's lap, and I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this part. And then two American GIs come over, and they're really not impressed, um, and they harass Tuan, and they call him, they call him a gook. Yeah. Which is a racial, sorry, I've muted you, buddy, which is a, there you go, you're good, which, yeah, is, right. which, which is a racial slur for uh we've just done a little whole reconfiguration i'm very it's gonna be very weird for me to pitch to my left rather than off to my right now sorry dude that just seemed a bit you know yeah george's no no it makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. it's just Thank a better, you. better move george is feeling poorly so she's moved to a different chair yeah um and so uh these two american guys come over and they call tuana gook which is a a slur against vietnamese people yeah um and they say this is a gi bar and we don't want 
any of them. I'm not going to say the word again. No, no, no. <laughs> we, no. We, we don't want any of them in here. Um, and Cronauer says, I've never seen a man so big with so many muscles and no penis. And then he headbutts him. That was fun. I never saw that coming. And then he goes for the second guy, but he goes to headbutt him. <laughs> but he's, the guy's even bigger. So he, <laughs> he, headbutts he him just in the chest. headbusts him in the upper chest. <laughs> and the guy don't even move. <laughs> no. And he goes, uh-oh. <laughs> and it's a, it's, it's a brawl in a bar. That's the first time I've ever seen Robin Williams fight. Yep. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. Uh, we smash cut to uh, him being chewed out by Dickerson who tells him you're not going to last long here. Not inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, your ass is grass and I'm the lawnmower. Story time with Ian. Oh, no. Go for it. There was this guy when I was growing up. We ended up working together years later, so it was fine. But for some reason, he was a bit of a bully to me when I was in, uh, when I was in high school. Not yeah. high school. When I was in upper elementary, so probably very close to like year seven, year eight. In, oh, in, okay. In, yeah, in yeah. I, know, I know what you mean, yeah. Uh, and he would threaten to... To, to beat me up and he would say your ass is grass next time i catch you your ass is grass and you mean putting you on putting you on the grass no i mean i'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kick your ass oh it's all it is oh rhyme and slang and so <laughs> oh yeah we don't do rhyme and slang again but we just gotta say it we might use a metaphor but that's about it so he was doing it again and i was getting tired of being threatened i remember my back it was like a sports day outside and my back was to the the the, the soccer pitch, mm-hmm. and I was facing him and facing the school in the background. And he came up and he said, "Yes, said, yes, I know, I know. My ass is grass, but you ain't mowed it yet." <laughs> and I turned around. And there was a teacher there, and she got me in trouble. Wow. And I'm like, I'm standing up to a bully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I used the word ass, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That Looking back won't. now as a teacher, she sucked. That won't fly today. Oh, she sucked so badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was and terrible. She, and teachers know who the bullies are. She was she was ridiculous. The guy and I got along fine. I mean, it was just, you know, yeah. kids are kids, and the kids who have power will, will try and exploit it, and the kids who don't will get picked on until they finally decide they have a voice, and yada, yada, yada. yeah. Oh, I mean, when we're on bullying's terrible. We need to step in the way of. If a kid came to me and said there's an issue going on, yeah, this is because someone sells whatever. I'd go, okay, tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. I, to, I heard a bad word. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> get used to it. That does make me laugh because, especially in the school I work with, we have to be really careful about who is if they genuinely are like bullying each other because obviously they're all like trauma based kids. So we have to pick out who is genuinely where the power structure is within the kids and make sure that they're not being mean to each other or more more but the, the language thing there really gets me because the way they talk to us when they're describing people they don't like or people that have upset them is full of swear words like if we told them off for telling us that like that someone else yep. had done, it just gets me it really makes me quite laugh um we get told uh cronauer uh, calls dickerson sir I mean, it's an issue with that because he's a working man. He's not in the he's not in the field. So, what does three up and three down mean to you? He goes end of an inning. I'm sorry, that's funny. <laughs> that is funny. That's great. Yeah. Um, we cut to day two. Um, I've called him Marty. Why have I called him Marty? Marty wakes up. Cronauer, who is late. Okay, there it is. Uh, the censors cut out stories of suicide bombers and negative reports from the police action. Only the soft news gets through. And we do broadcast number two, which had a joke which did make me laugh. Uh, he jokes about how a protective dyke broke. And he said, we can, I don't know if we can oh say dykes. God. We can't say lesbians. We have to call them women in comfortable shoes. <laughs> it got me. I, I thought it was funny. Yeah. Very of its time, but I yeah, thought, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Adrian Cronauer talks about the heat, and Lieutenant Hawk again does not like it. He wants Keystone Cops. Everyone comes, this, this is a visual gag. Yeah. How do you do a visual gag on the radio? You can't. 
And yeah, again, it just shows how out of touch he is, even for the medium he's overseeing. But as he's leaving, Cronauer stops him and goes, thank you for that constructive criticism. It's an honor to take comedy notes from someone of your stature. <laughs> and he doesn't get that he's being taken the mick out of. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. We cut the James like, almost like a little smile. I was like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 All right. I'm helping I'm him. getting through to you. Uh, we cut the James Brown. I feel good. Lots of cutaways again of... Uh, the men appreciating the music that Cronauer is bringing them. But then a shot, of, it looked like complaints about coming in because he does a voice, um, vocal impersonation of America's national um, news presenter, uh, Walter Cronkite. So people are wondering, why is Walter Cronkite in New York? Cronkite's from Washington. Cronkite should be in it, whatever he is. Was he that good of an imitator? Or no, what? it sounded like Robin Williams, man. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. I don't know who Walter Cronkite... It just seems to be passable. There's a certain vocal tone of it. It's, it's like he changes his voice so it sounds more like Walter Cronkite than it did before. Yeah. But no, you can still tell it's Robin Williams. Well, yeah, that's what I thought. But yeah. they're all phoning in, aren't they? <laughs> uh, English class number two. The joke is that it's funny to watch non-English speakers swear. Mm. What do you do? Flip them the bird. Every possible way you could think of it. Yeah. They love him as a person. They want to play baseball. And Tuan has made a date for Trin and him. And he goes, really? He goes, yeah, really a date. And then he shows up to it's a smash cut to the date. And the whole family is there as chaperones. That is funny. Including the babies. Um, uh, Adrian does get a moment alone with Trin. Says, hey, look, I know we can't be a thing, but it doesn't mean we can't have a few laughs. And they go and they watch Beach Blanket Bingo. Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello. I only know one movie by these two. Yeah, I, I know it's called Back to the Beach. Oh, was it? Yeah, uh, it was like that most most of the movies were beach movies. This was they? something they did in their forties as like uh, yeah, it, was, yeah, it was actually it might be like the original legacy sequel might have been Back to the Beach because oh, okay. it was in the late eighties and it had a very famous joke, but it was O.J. Simpson. Oh really? Oh my god! So the, 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 they're now growing up, and they have a kid, and the kid's like all like black leather jackets and like heavily like he's like Sid Vicious. This is how he's rebelling against you know Annette and Frankie, who are all like yeah, yeah, yeah. super like beachy. And so uh, at the airport, they go, "Oh, mom, do you know who that was?" And he goes, "Oh." And so she she grabs the suitcase at the same time as this, uh, as this other guy, and he goes, "Oh, sorry, mine's uh, genuine leather. Was this appears to be?" And the guy goes, "Pigskin." And he runs away and goes, oh, mom, do you know who that was? And she goes, no, honey, who? And he goes, that was. And then OJ tries to jump over someone else's suitcase but trips on his foot and falls. Yeah. So he goes, oh, no, I guess I was wrong because OJ was a running back. He, yeah. So if this was 30, 40 years ago, we so someone, wasn't he? someone might have been drafting OJ Simpson in their fantasy football league. Wow. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, he one, he is like player. the greatest NFL player in like the history of the Buffalo Bills, I believe. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. I don't believe you can see his bust if you go into the That's Pro Football Hall such, of Fame. That's such a big thing, wasn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. He was like a fallen hero, wasn't he? Absolutely. He, 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 was, he was a legit crossover star. He did broadcasting on American games for uh, NFL football. And then he had a he was had, he had a burgeoning acting career going on. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah so what did he well. actually do? Which one is OJ Simpson? OJ Simpson's the one who was accused of killing his wife and her lover. And there's something to do with the Kardashians. The Robert Kardashian, Robert Kardashian was lawyer of the lawyers. Lawyers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's a whole People versus O.J. Simpson on Netflix. It's very, very good. I recommend you watch it. Mm. Uh, David Schwimmer, I believe, plays David Kardashian. Yeah. Yeah. Does, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Cuba Gooden Jr. plays O.J. Yeah. He's very yeah. good, but he's not doing an O.J. impression for one moment. No. <laughs> he is Cuba Gooden Jr. as O.J. Yeah. Simpson. Yeah. There's, oh, I can't remember who plays the, the Travolta, um, 
Who? Oh, Travolta's yeah. in it. Yeah, I, yeah, oh I yeah, because he's the other, he's the other one. I can't because um, Alan the... Dershow. No, I don't think he's Dershow. It's he's someone. No. Right? Yeah, because the opposition's uh, what's her face? Marsha Clark. I don't know who yeah. plays her, but Marsha Clark was the name. Yeah, of the... she's in um, American Horror Story. Cool. Yeah, heavily recommended. Um, I watched the whole thing in one weekend. It was so good. Cool. Um, where are we at here? The whole family's here. Chaperones. Oh, net bedding. There we are. Back in the studio. Broadcast number three. Cronauer is angry at the lack of news he's being allowed to read. Talks about a pope on a rope. <laughs> Wash with it. Go straight to heaven. <laughs> Very poorly timed for us. Yes, actually, that's true because Pope is a Benedict. Yeah, but just it's the sixteenth, I think. Yeah. Oh, did he? The, 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 not not. He's not the acting pope. He was the pope who quit. The one who stepped oh, down, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He stepped down. Because popes don't usually step down. No, I didn't realize he died. Yeah, he died this week. Yeah, he died, and Pele died, yeah, and Vivian Pele. Westwood died. Yeah, so oh, yeah that right. was yeah. good. Um, so the one we've got, uh, there's lots of shots of Beatles records, but we never hear a Beatles record. Yeah, we don't, no. And that's because, that, because they wouldn't give them the licensed music. That's because they wouldn't give any movie the right license to the music yeah, at this so. point. So they use it as a prop, but that's all you could get from but it. You, you're going to have to, aren't you? Oh, it would have been, been great if you could have had a Beatles. And there's even reference to the Stones. I didn't hear any Stones. No. Yeah. Um, strange, isn't it? Yeah. Cronauer wants. You've had so much Beach Boys. A lot of American music, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Cronauer wants to get some food, but Hawk tells him they've got a, you know, we promised our listeners Nixon highlights at four. And the highlights are where Cronauer goes ahead and puts himself in his Walter Cronkite impersonation in the middle of it, asking uh, Nixon about his testicles, his sex life. <laughs> That's brilliant. Use of marijuana. And this is all about, of course, um, you know, uh, taking elements of the questions. I mean, Ali G does this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's a 20-year-old reference. But still. Um, there'd be other people who do stuff like this as well mm-hmm. and sort of misconstrue uh, pre-recorded uh, video or audio by, by doing stuff like this. I think it's done with politicians every time they give a big speech, isn't it? Even today, people still cut the answers up. And I guess the difference funny. is this is an armed force radio and the question yeah, is, is yeah. it to inform, is it to entertain? Yeah. Because, I mean, they're even making fun of the speech before it comes in. This is almost genuine. Like, there's nothing real about the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hawk turns off the radio. Uh, cuts Cronauer off the air and then goes to his superiors to pull him from the air. Uh, Hawk says he feels that Nixon is a good man. Uh, the general says, I wouldn't buy an apple from him and I consider him a close personal friend. Yeah. Uh, Dickerson and Hawk then conspire. Uh, meanwhile, Twan sees Cronauer in Jimmy Waz and tells me he's to go with him to end up with Trin. So here's my question for you, Georgia. How quickly did you suss out that Twan was up to more than maybe... Oh, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No. Wow, okay. Um, so when he pulls him out of the bar and the bar explodes behind them, you just think that's just good timing? Yeah. Okay. So as soon as I can't all... remember what I thought, but I didn't think it had it was Twan. As soon as they go outside, a bomb explodes in the bar. We see cross-cutting of Cronauer in the field. Um, by the field, I mean outside the bars. It's blown up. And the news coming across the teletype machine. We see Jimmy Waugh alive in his green leprechaun suit that he went to Hong Kong for. But mm-hmm. distraught, obviously. Uh, Cronauer helps to move dead bodies out of the oh, street, out of principle. Yeah. Because they yeah. wanted to just leave them there, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Cronauer goes to report the news and the story, but the censors want it buried. Uh, Dickerson pulls rank, and Cronauer apologizes, saying, oh, it's the air conditioner here. It makes me a bit dizzy, which is a bit of a shot going, you stay here, mm-hmm. where it's all nice. They're out there, and it's hot. You don't want jokes, but it's hot. Why? Because <clears> it's air conditioned here. Yeah. And uh, broadcast number four, and he goes the whole good morning Vietnam, but you can see he's distracted. You can see he's mm. processing. Uh, it's a really good... Um, it's cleverly done. It's like when you watch a, a good dancer 
try to act like they're a bad dancer. I've seen Travolta do this. Mm. Uh, or if you see someone who's uh, a really good actor, try to pretend that they're a bad actor. Like, you know, when they're like, oh, we're in a high school play and they act badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's really difficult. And I think, I think uh, Robin Williams is very good here. And uh, he's struggling. And he goes, as for today, nothing officially happened. But something that definitely didn't officially happen was a bomb did not go off at Jimmy Waz. And he goes on until they pull him from the air and the silence is deafening. And then the camera, camera yeah. pans out from that and everything's quiet. And then you just finish with the teletype machine, just churning news in. News that'll probably never be read. And as with his back. Yep. Back to the camera. Great moment. Like, oh, great moment. Uh, it turns out that Cronauer will be suspended. Uh, and then he goes and he's over drinking, but then agrees to meet Trin's family and says, I'll drive. And he does drive. He does. Wow. We had a discussion about that, Georgia, about whether how he was, how was drunk he, was he? Yeah. I think he was legitimately very drunk. At the beginning. There's lots of beer bottles around. He, yeah. didn't, he didn't seem drunk driving, though. No, he seemed to keep sewing up pretty quick. <laughs> he did, yeah. Apparently, this movie's trying to tell me I, you, can, you can shake it off. We would not go with that theory here at the BFE. No. no. Sober up properly, please, people. Yes. Uh, Hawk's preparing to do the show himself. Uh, but everybody's begging him not to do humor. They're like, you're not funny. And much like if you have a coffee mug in front of you that you think is two <laughs> times bigger, when that many people tell you you're wrong, you maybe should listen. And you didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> and he comes on, he tries to do a little bit of Cronauer's sense of humor. And he's like, this is like French chef character oh, he's created. God. Oh, God, yeah. But then he has a horn for his own punchline. Yeah. And he laughs at his own punchline. <laughs> is it bad? I was, I was cackling at this. But I know that's the point. It is funny though because you, you yeah, watch it's like an anti joke type thing. I will say, if you listen to the the besties, I've I've curated some best of year clips. Ooh, there's a fair bit of laughing at, my, <laughs> at our own punchlines that does occur. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, but go ahead for that. Um, we would call this a B tech performance or a B tech impression <laughs> of Crown Hour. Would you agree with that, Georgia? Yep. Okay. Uh, we go into the woods. Uh, Cronauer is there. He's sobered up. We see monks waiting for enlightenment. We go to the village, and Trin says they can't be friends. Her brother, sure, but not her. And there's this great, like, super um, aerial point of view shot looking down at them. Um, yeah. And he just says, I'm having a hell of a week. And uh, we get, we now cut to Hawk getting far more hate mail and hate phone calls ever. And so they're going to the general, and I think it's Ed Garlic as we're there along with Marty. And he goes, here's an actual piece of feedback. Hey, Hawk, eat a bag of shit. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> and there was another one about you suck the sweat off a dead man's balls. And I was like, I don't, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but it's not good. <laughs> There's 1,100 other complaints. The general makes the call to replace Hawk, and Hawk's like, what about the silent majority? majority yeah. <laughs> Which is funny, because Richard Nixon would talk about the silent majority. Oh, would he? Yeah, so it was interesting to hear him claim oh, to that. Okay. So that's an interesting parallel to draw between those two people. That's probably where that An audience in 87, 88 would be aware of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. of course. When did, when, because, well... Good morning, Vietnam's. Our last, I think Good morning, Vietnam's the last week of 87, 87 or the first week of 88. Yeah, no, I'm thinking uh, when Nixon got took out of office. Well, Nick, he's, for, he's former vice president right now. So he gets elected, I believe, in 68. And he comes out in about 74? He comes out... Mid, mid, early mid-70s, does he do two ter- Does he win two terms? He win one term. 
Oh, I'm trying to remember. I will Nixon. check. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but hang on. I can go. I can do this backwards. Uh, 88 is George Herschel Walker Bush, the old guy. 84 is Reagan's second term. 80 is Reagan's first term, which means 76 is Jimmy Carter, which means 72 is Gerald Ford finishing a term that started off as Richard. I'm thinking Richard Nixon wins in 68 and 72. I could be wrong. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I saw I got January 20th, 1969 yeah. to August 9th, 1970, uh, it. Yeah. 70 what, sorry? 74, he comes out of office. I thought yeah. so. he wins the election in 68, he wins the election in 72. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at that. Then 64, See? you got, <laughs> hang on, so that's 68, I said. 64, you've got Lyndon B. Johnson. 60, you got Kennedy. 56, you got Eisenhower. I didn't know that because of Greece. 52, <laughs> you might have Eisenhower again. Now, now it gets sketchy for me. Ah, uh, okay. I know that Truman's president when they dropped the bomb. That's in the 40s. But I don't know if he does one term or two. So there we go. Mm. This has been your American President's podcast. <laughs> Just a bit of a side one. There we are there. Um, and so um, the general's not swayed and replaces Hawk and says reinstate Cronauer, but Cronauer will not be reinstated. Um, he refuses to go back on the air. He's tired of people telling him what he can and cannot say. Ed tells him that a lot of people went to the mat for him. I got an issue with this line. Okay, did that not come about until... Went to the mat is a phrase from The Godfather, the novelization of which doesn't come out until 69. Oh, okay, I was going to say... Going to the mattresses is the term. Godfather. Yeah. So putting it here is a complete uh, anachronism, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hours worried they'll put him in the field if he does something wrong again, and because you put me in the field, you know what's going to happen? Yeah, he's going to... I'm going to die. He's not coming back. I'm not a soldier. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and which is really like, wow, that's really intense. Um, Ed gets angry. It's pretty good, but could have done with 30 more seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, agreed. He gets a moment. It's like, it's like, Williams, just give someone else a chance to have a moment. It wasn't enough yet. Yeah. 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 And he goes, and he kind of goes, that's, that's, that's pretty good. You, you should two, two bad words in one, in one set. Wow. <laughs> uh, Ed drives him to the lesson, but they get stuck in a traffic jam. Very convenient. Yep, and then Ed tells surrounding troops, "Hey, I got Adrian Cronauer in the jeep, knowing that he needs to. He won't. He won't let, let the men down." Hey, do we know it's you? <laughs> he then does what comes naturally. He goes, "Good morning, Vietnam," and lots of cutaways to the troops who are loving it. Uh, there's a genuine concern you know for the troops know, he has in his demeanor. Do you know what's really nice about this? You, just, you could actually see that he. Um, in his stand-up routine, he's clearly pointing people out. And I think this is genuine. I don't, I don't think, you know, they're ad-libbing too. Sure. He goes, what's your name? Where are you from? You know, yep. blah, blah, blah. Bring them in. And I thought that was quite endearing. Quite nice. He does seem to know the set's coming to an end. You boys <laughs> are great, don't it? And then all of a sudden, oh, oh, the traffic jam has just now cleared. Well, that's, yeah. We fade to black. Now, according to director Barry Levinson, this scene was not written uh, beforehand. It was, nor was the, even the idea for this in the story, but they decided they needed a chance where he could connect with troops face to face. Many of the extras were non-Americans who spoke no English, <laughs> <laughs> but Robin Williams' enthusiastic physical comedy still made them laugh. Yeah. Broadcast number five, he's back on the airwaves and dropping name drops to O'Malley. 
uh, as well as some of the other troops that he met. And we then he throws to What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong with a montage of Vietnamese life cutting to violence and fire and explosions and blood. And I think you can clearly see from this, Ethan, uh, when we did um, Bowling for Columbine. Yeah. And they use the song against the backdrop of all these real world situations. There's got to be a link to this. Got to be. Same with like... um, Had the uh, same effect on me. What's that John Woo movie? There's a there's a, a young girl with headphones listening to nice music as they're shooting away and oh really because that that gets brought back in in the Gray Man yeah that yeah. was yeah 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 that's a John Woo movie in the nineties is it yeah you know me not really a big John Woo guy I can't think of what it is oh, someone tipped my tongue but yeah she's listening to music and that's all nice and light and they're all going bang bang boom and all this and the other. Uh, we see a bunch of protesters clash with police. It looks like Trin's one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm. She's covered in blood from her. Well, not covered, but she's got some blood on her forehead. Um, we never fade to black. And then in the field, they want to have Cronauer interview uh, soldiers in the field. And the only route that can take them there is 1A. Dickerson says, how's 1A? They say, yeah, it's not friendly. The Viet Cong have it. And then he says, go ahead and use it. You wouldn't do that in real life. <sighs> that's, that's very vindictive, isn't it? That's like, that passes like the villainy we've seen from that's this too far. character that yeah. is too far it's too yeah. far yeah yeah, yeah. especially he don't want him to come back especially because garlic like what's what's what, what's garlic done wrong yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. um so we cross cut to the teletype machine them driving with teletypes saying how bad this pass is marty's ignoring the sensor news on one a just as we cross cut to edward and cronauer we're driving through it and eddie says i want to work on a radio and he says go and cronauer's like go ahead try it out and he goes good morning vietnam and it's kind of like 60 percent there mm. but yeah that's when the bomb goes off uh the Viet Cong come out and try to lure garlic and cronauer out of the field things like oh you are okay now we will take you to safety and it's like oh they're gonna they're gonna shoot you is what they're gonna yep. do um the teletype machine warns of something happening to two u.s servicemen and of course, we know who those two servicemen are. Mm-hmm. How do they report that, though? Well, they didn't. It would have been censored, wouldn't it? No, 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 no. How did? How does it get to that machine? That information with, when they're just out, still out there. Information would have probably when the two men don't show up. When, when these two guys don't show up, they're supposed to. It probably gets phoned in on that side. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Tuan then runs. Is at class when he realizes that Cronauer is not there. He runs to the base instigates a conversation that leads to marty discovering that he was sent out in the field as well tuan runs out steals an egg truck and he drives and the vc see him and the vc ignore him vc meaning Viet Cong. yeah yeah george i'm curious what did you think was going on here i did not realize they ignored him okay uh tuan finds them and convinces them to come out in like full voice yeah so you just think he's really brave or stupid or yeah, I thought okay. he was just. I thought they, they he wasn't the enemy. Obviously, like we were talking about yep. when we were watching it. Like obviously, he looks like he could be. He looked because he looked like he could be one of them. They're not going to shoot him. Sure. So I th- didn't realize that it was because he was one of them that they didn't shoot him. He goes, "Flip them the bird," and that's good enough. They come out. The van won't start, but Tuan walks with them, uh, and we assume he's leaving. I was them a bit suspicious here. Yeah. If they'd gone in the van and gone, because we went from like walking like in like vid, like dense jungle to yeah, like walking yeah, yeah. just down the middle of this path. Yeah. yeah, helicopters find them. Now I don't get why Tuan gets in the helicopter. Surely he could just bail. Yeah. This movie's totally different. Yeah. Back in the office, he's told that he's leaving. We find out that Tuan is a Viet Cong terrorist. We're told he's wanted for the bombing of Jimmy Waz. Uh, Dickerson puts the pieces together for him. 
Uh, so my question at this point was asking anybody who hadn't seen it before if they realized this. So he must have known when he got in the helicopter they were going to ask him questions. Don't know. So you would have bailed, wouldn't you? I, it does. It seems a stupid. I don't move. think. Hang on. I, I, I'll answer your question. I don't think he knows that they know who he is. <clears throat> oh, okay. Because that's why Robin Williams has to go tell him or tell her your brother's in danger. They will shoot him. Mm. So, um, such a conflict, though, isn't it? Yep. Emotional conflict. Um, he says, "What about the, is the general?" Says, "I can't save you on this one. I can't. You're you're you're, you're friends with like." Mr. Viet Cong. Yeah, yeah. Can't be doing that. So what the show? They'll handle it. Um, and then the general leaves and he asks Dickerson, why'd you do this? And the, and the short answer is it's about control. Mm-hmm. It's about the men knowing the information they need to know. Uh, and he goes, <laughs> uh, you're in more dire need of a blowjob than any white man in history. <laughs> <laughs> and Dickerson storms out after him and Cro- after Cronauer and runs into the general who's waiting and he gets his comeuppance. He's going to Guam. Yep. I'm not sure that's enough for what he does because he's just told you, you're mean. You're not crazy. You're mean. And this is just radio. It's not just you're mean. You sent two men out there to be murdered by the Viet Cong is what yeah, you did. Yeah, and when he says you're going to Guam, did you say? Yeah. Where's that? Why is it? Guam's another, it's, it's in Southeast Asia. Yeah, but there was no, there was nothing going on. There was no military action going on, so he's just being put out to pasture. <laughs> you just sent him out in the field, didn't you? He's he's too high ranking. He he never go, he'd never be in the field. Uh, I mean, that's the way the military goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're if you're a person of any sort of importance, you you, you never see field action anymore. No, yeah. true. Um, one last time with Tuan. Um, he, he, uh, Cronauer goes to the class, uh, convinces Trin, and by convince, I mean, he, he screams right in her oh, face. Oh, and he's really violent towards her. Mm. He shakes her. It's a big deal, and he's trying to get across, look, this isn't the friendly Mia before. This is serious. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah, are yeah. fighting a language barrier, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah I understand. Yeah. If, if he, like, backhands her, I'd be like, no, no. Yeah. No, no. Um, it's a shady area. I'm stunned he doesn't get shot when he's in this little, like, a shanty kind of area. Yeah, me too. Because if this is like where the bad guys hang out, they probably have their guns with them there too. I guess it's because he's with Trin. At this point, he's walking by him. Well, he's there for a bit with her, but then he yeah. kind of walks away from her. He calls Tuan by his other name, maybe his real name, and Tuan takes off. There's a foot chase. He can't see Tuan and has to shout just sort of into the surroundings, which is very symbolic of the Viet Cong in general. Mm. There's other people there watching him as yep. if they're kind of taking the message as well, but like they're not. But he, you know, he knows he's there too. But then Tuan shouts about his issues, and they have a face off, and he says, "What about my mother? What about my older brother? What about my neighbors? What about my friends? Yeah. You know, who's the enemy? You are the enemy." Mm. And same as for the actor, I, I have, uh, his name is on a sheet that I've chucked off to the side several times ago. He, he does a very good job at this. He does a very good I, I don't, job. I don't have any issue with any of the Vietnamese or, or Thai, any of the actors playing Vietnamese. I got no issues with any of them. No, I no, they're, they're all brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And he's right though. But at the end, how could you befriend? Someone who you view as the enemy. I'd struggle with that. I think the str- I think he's there learning English as like a covert thing. Oh right? yeah. And then Robin Williams walks in and he and he goes, "Okay, he's after my sister. I'm going to do that part." But then he does. Then he does thinking. He does legitimately befriend him. But then you start thinking. It did did the beginnings of that when he said, "Let's be friends." Was he going? Okay, I can work this angle rather than about his sister. Well, first, he doesn't even want to be his friend. He's convinced into doing that. Mm. I think he's just won over. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then you get sort of, you know, Cronauer goes, uh, oh, sorry. He then uh, talks about, you know, they, they treated you poorly, and I, I took you into that bar, and you blew it up. And he says, but we're subhuman to you. 
And despite this, I still saved you. Mm. Not once, not just in the, not just in the bar. Mm. Twice, I went out and saved you in the jungle. Yeah, yeah. So you got to reconcile that. Mm-hmm. I might be a terrorist. I'm the guy who saved you twice. Yeah. He's a terrorist that has morals. <laughs> well, friendship. Somewhat moral. You know what I mean. Yeah. Beliefs? Principles. Principles. That's a better yeah, word for it. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think it's much more, because we talked about Rocky Four last week, where it's really black and white. Mm-hmm. Evil League of Evil. I eat evil cereal. I drink evil milk. <laughs> that's, that's not this. This is, no, this is no. much, much better. This is, because he kept saying, you and from his very first introduction, it's you Americans, you come and you take it and then you leave. Yeah. So he's an anti-American stance from the beginning, but we think it's hidden in this brotherly protection, which is part of it, because mm. people are multifaceted. He's not just a terrorist. He's other things, yeah. And keep in mind, he's a terrorist from his from from the American perspective. From if you're if you're a North Vietnamese, he's yeah, a patriot. Anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. So, um, he Adrian Cronauer shouts, "We're here to help this country." Which is, uh, kind, uh, kind as far of, as he's aware, yeah, yeah. Um, five months in Saigon, my best friend turns out to be the v- Viet Cong, and he shouts out, "This will not look good on a resume." Which is his way of kind of trying to bring comedic closure to what's just happened. Yeah, because we need to be okay with it. So, all right, he's funny. Yeah. Leaving Saigon, uh, Ed asks if he can drive. They say okay. He tries to start up a motor that's already running, just like he did at the beginning. He's just going to be stopped somewhere first, and we play baseball. And there's this great moment where he's trying to convince the this old guy who earlier said yeah. he wouldn't swear at his waitress. <laughs> Even if she stabbed him, he'd be like, I'm waiting to die. Yeah. And he's trying to get him convinced. I don't, I don't have a baseball. I'm sorry. We have to use the fruit. It takes a while before he finally gets it. Lovely, lovely moment. Um, They're trying to end it on a, on a high, though, aren't they? Yep. Uh, and then we hear a song. We're out there having fun. In the warm California sun. Do you know who that is? Nope. I love that song. Are you familiar with it? Nope. Oh, really? Maybe it's more of a North American thing. Maybe. Well, I'm going out west where I belong. I like it. And they me. Oh, great song. I'm really stunned. It's, you don't know that one. No. Um, the game ends. People are saying goodbye. Then Trin comes up and thanks him for being so kind, even though things didn't go the way he wanted. That was a nice moment. Mm-hmm. it's really funny because they try and set her up as the love interest that never goes she never anywhere. you think she's playing hard to get she's yeah, yeah. never gonna be gone no 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 um i will say that once she's once they meet we see a whole lot less women in white uh yeah dresses with the na nala no the, that's it nala yeah the nala hats we don't see that so much nala that's it um and it also makes you think two things number one what's her experience with men been Number two, what's your experience with American men been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And the idea, even though you didn't get what you wanted, you were still kind. Yep. Um, so as he says goodbye to her, I don't know if anybody else noticed, the Beach Boys are playing in the background. Yep. Yep. Uh, Ed starts to st- tries to start a running Jeep, and I'm like, that's one too many times to yeah, a joke. He if you just to- done last time and not done this time, yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Yep. Have him learn or have him do it and go, that one's just for you, sir. Like yeah. he's doing it on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. would have been fun. That would have been fun. But just the idea of it, oh, you can't teach me anything. I'm like, ah, it's once too many times the same it, joke. It was, it was. Uh, at the airport, Ed salutes him. <laughs> We're the same rank. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the thing. They won't salute Hawk. But they'll salute him. Because they don't respect Hawk. Mm-hmm. They'll salute Cronauer. Because they respect Cronauer. Yeah, yeah. 
and uh, they have this goodbye, and they should have hugged. It's such macho bullshit. Yeah, it's such macho. I bullshit. want them to hug. I yeah. thought they were going to. Like, it was after building he punched towards him in the arm. Goes, I thought he was that was kind of lame, it. wasn't it? And yeah. then they don't do anything with it. And I'm like, no. oh, okay. Uh, the aftermath, Eddie Garlic has been given a tape to play, and we get a goodbye message from Adrian to the man, and we fade out, and that's our movie. Mm. Um, it's very bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, in real life, after Adrian Cronauer leaves Armed Force Radio, several disc jockeys took over his show on... Uh, you know, and they would use the line "Good morning, Vietnam." One of these disc jockeys would be none other than twenty-two-year-old Pat Sajak, who would later go on, of course, to host Wheel of Fortune in the United States for the better part of thirty-something years. Wow! And oh. Pat Sajak is legitimate. He was, he had a late-night talk show at one point. Like oh, he's, okay, he's had a long career as like a, a TV personality. Yeah. So that was kind of a cool moment for me. I'm sure anybody who's listening there. In 1992, Mark Frost wrote a sequel screenplay to this called Good Morning Chicago. It would have featured Williams reprising his role as Cronauer as a journalist at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago, Illinois, uh, where, where VP Hubert Humphrey would lose to Richard Nixon. <laughs> the project was eventually scrapped due to disagreements between Williams, Levinson, and Disney over the film's direction. Uh. So, yeah, not too bad at all. And that is Good Morning Vietnam. We're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now. Uh, we need Liam. Yeah. In a random word, buddy. Random word. Microphone. Microphone. Yep. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of that before. I don't think we have. Okay. I'll pipe down. If we have. <laughs> if we have, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about the money, money, money. Ooh. $13 million budget. What wow, is this thing? Oh, that's small. Well, it was 87, 88. Yeah. I mean, for this point, I, hang on, I know the answer to this, because I think the average budget for a movie is about 12 to $15 million. Oh, okay. So much smaller budgets. I only know that because Do the Right Thing gets a, gets like $9 million rather than 15 Oh, okay. So it was an idea of how badly that had been prejudiced against. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think this takes on, though? $87 million. $87 million. Georgia? Uh, twenty six. Twenty six. Ethan. Uh, two fifty. Wow. Um, Liam, you are the closest. Oh wow. One hundred twenty three point nine. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So does about but, ten times its budget, just short of that. Well, that seems weird. They didn't try and do a sequel earlier. Then <laughs> sequels weren't such a big thing then. Yeah. There's um, still more stories to tell then. <laughs> uh, Williams was paid less than two million dollars for his role. But, but he wanted to do it, didn't he? But did he have points? He got points. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can imagine. <laughs> on, on the gross. Oh. Wow. So I don't know how many points he got, but let's say he got two. Let's say he got two percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's another. Uh, that's another two and a half, three mil right there. He probably got. Let's say he got five points. Yeah. You're looking at like seven and a half mil. Yeah. In yeah. Ni- in 1987, right? Wow. Yeah. Where he's something, but he's not. He's not Robin Williams yet. He's not what <laughs> Robin Williams would later mean. Mm. So, um, the awards. Is Mork and Mindy still going on at this point? Oh, nah. I think it's over at this point. It's over, yeah. Uh, That's late 70s, early 80s. One nomination, no wins at the Oscars. Want to guess what it was? One nomination. Uh, Is best it screenplay? sound editing? Not screenplay. So much of it's ad lib. Not going to be screenplay. Oh, I'm going to say supporting for Forrest Whitaker. No, it's best actor for Robin Williams. Oh. Really? The yeah. one is his first his first Oscar nomination. Uh, also nominated for a BAFTA, and he wins the Golden Globe for this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who would you cast as who? 
Who would you cast as who? Well, you'd be Robin Williams. I'm getting Robin Williams on this one. Of course yeah. I am. Of course I am. Should we give Liam Bruno Kirby's? No. <laughs> Does that mean I get to be garlic? Uh, I'd rather be garlic. Ethan's definitely garlic, though, isn't he? Uh, oh, you're so funny. What? You're so funny. <laughs> That's true. I would like to hear that. Uh, I'd be you, the top guy. Then. You'd be, No, you know who you'd be? You'd be Marty. Oh, okay. You'd be his buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You'd be the guy waking me up. Yeah, as if I'm, you're the one waking me up. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but this is why it's a script, not real life, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Georgia could be, you could be Lieutenant Hawk's private. Who's that? He's the guy who he keeps thinking is going to back him up. And he's like, why were you laughing? You were typing him out. And he's like, I was thinking of something else. <laughs> he's and can I be the big old general guy who keeps telling him that he's wrong? You want to be the laughs. general who's just like, And then laughs at funny. the joke afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. I like the general. I'm, I'm not sure your, your age befits that role. Yeah. But we can, <laughs> just magenta, we can, really. We, okay. can, we, we can run with it. Yeah, Ethan, you're definitely much more garlic than you are Twan. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. I'll be Trin then. <laughs> I, don't have it in, I don't have it in me for a terrorist attack just yet. Yeah. Did this film have a villain problem? Yes. I think this- really? Okay. Because they were trying to tell you that, um, what's his name? Dickerson? Twan. Twan. Twan was like the villain. But that's, that's like and a then twist. Were, then, yeah, I know. But then they're saying that um, Hawk's the villain. And then they're saying that the other guy's the villain. Well, Hawk's like an underling. Yeah, but it's just like... Uh, just concentrate And on then, one. of course, the Viet Cong as a group. As a group, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't have too many villains that get lost otherwise i was gonna say i think this film has a based in real life issue in that not enough actually happens in this film like it's actually quite steady for quite a lot of it like there's, there's a couple of montages where stuff happens but other than that what actually happens he does his job he wakes up he does his job again he almost gets fired. He goes back. Then he does get well, fired. The story's not really about the war, though. I would, I'm getting ahead of myself. What's the story really about? Yeah, it's not really about. But that. I think it's really about censorship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think they do quite quite enough because obviously it's done. He gets upset about it, but then he does come back. Like obviously he needs to for the for the way that they set up the story. Yeah, and for the other bit at the end with Tuan. But I think for the censorship to have had a bigger impact, I enjoyed the fact that they kept doing it on the like we saw it. But it was never, he never read it out at all. Like, so there was no ever, there wasn't the audible stuff. It was only on, it was only written out, it was only visual, which I think it lost a little bit of impact by not being. Like they never try to make that cross cut into a teletype machine a thing. Yeah. Uh, like the two twins, I'm like, they, uh, they needed to be the a fact that they're twins or... is a bit comedic. I'm like, I don't know if I need that. Yeah. No. I don't know. I didn't think it did have a villain problem. I think it's got, a, if, if, I guess Liam's argument is it too many villains? Too many. I think establishment's the villain. Yeah, because at this point, I'm guessing, like, what is America's general consensus on, on Vietnam at this point in 87? I think from the minute they get out of it, they all go, this was a giant waste of time. Okay, so I think that's probably why it's like, it's not like, oh, here's the big bad Ho Chi Minh villain. It's more like, here is someone who has been, like, through the ringer because of it, but also here are people who went there against their will. Because I think the key moment, the key, the key, the climax of the film, if you will, is the showdown between him and Tuan where they're yelling at each other. And I think Tuan's response, which is kind of left unchallenged at the end, mm. is the one, like, you say you're here to help, but look at what you've done. Yeah. Look at what you've left us with. This isn't a win. No. 
And I think the answer, and he kind of goes, uh, kind of like, yeah, you're right. But the film then subdues that by having him do a play a big game of baseball. That is a bit like, okay, now now we've fixed everything by playing a game of baseball. I think it's the, all happy now. I think the idea is there are many good people. Because otherwise, Tuan becomes the only character that's he, that his relationship matters with, and you need to show. But it wasn't. Otherwise, he's just a guy who was pursuing a girl. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you, the baseball game is needed because the rest of the ma- and there's this lovely, sweet little old lady who's part of it, and she's great. Yeah, she I know. I loved. Off. I loved the scene, but it, it yeah. does kind of put a bit of a hush hush on the scene that's come before it because it's a much bigger, more. You need to scene. walk away feeling. It needs to be bittersweet, but you still need the sweet in there. It didn't really tie up, though, did it? it didn't really tie up. Well, it's his story. It's not the, yeah, like the war story, is it? No, I know, but it kind of left you hanging a little. That's the, that's that's the bitter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they yeah. like threw down there and went, we were, we, yes, absolutely. We are with Adrian Cronow. I once worked with a guy called James, uh, and James once had this theory about being fired. And he told me, he goes, no matter how much any of you like me, if I got fired tomorrow, you might go, that really sucks. I really liked him. He was a good guy. What's for lunch? Because <laughs> yeah. in the day, that's what we are. The, the machine keeps going. Yeah, yeah, life keeps life keeps rolling along. Mm. If I got hit by a bus, you know, it would be Ethan doing his best. Well, come welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> that's, what we, that's what we'd have next week, right? <laughs> the machine keeps going. Uh, we'd take at least one week off. There we go. It, it, well, the first one would be like a... And welcome, welcome, welcome. But the next week, I'll, I'll be full of energy. There you go. I bequeath- welcome to our, our real round table remembering Ian. I bequeath all my podcasting stuff. It's a recording. You can go ahead. I bequeath all my podcast stuff to you guys. <laughs> Someone's got to teach Liam how to use it. I'd, I'd be looking at Ethan going, Ian who? Wow. Wow. You know I don't mean that. <laughs> you will need to remind him that later, though. That you did not mean that. Nah, I'm all right right now. <laughs> That's what um, I said later. <laughs> what should this film have been called? Goodbye, Vietnam. Yeah, that's, that's actually how he starts his last uh, broadcast, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's nothing even remotely better than this. No, because no, it, it, it says everything, doesn't it? It's Cronauer's story, <clears throat> I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the story here, we've talked about that a little bit already. I think it's more about his frustration at how heavily he's being censored and wanting to do. Everyone's saying we want to do right by the men, but everyone's interpretation, that seems very self-serving. Mm. Is there not an argument that his is self-serving as well, though, because he enjoys the radio and it's only once he gets the response from the men in real time and he gets to see them cheering for him and laughing at him that he comes back to it when he does leave there are always sweeping point of view shots from his perspective of the men as they're arriving so i do think he's got a legitimate heart for the men oh yeah i think he has but i think there's also some self-service in anything like well that. is there any such, is there such thing as just an altruistic good deed no <laughs> yeah so there's that um i don't know Ethan, what's your take on that uh it's weird because I feel he learns. He 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 begins there like very rash and I think sort of unknowing about what's really going on. And by the end, he does develop some kind of consciousness about the the entire war effort. But he still ends it with with like his jokes and whatever. So I think it's more he's and he's relieved to be gone and not have to be like part of that actual 
event. He's definitely glad to go home, isn't he? Yeah. You know, he's like, that's me. Not my problem anymore kind of thing, but like a bit more respectful. Um, Someone who's dishonorably discharged, he's he's quite happy to go. Yeah, I don't think he minds. Is he honorably or dishonorably? Hang on, that's dishonorable. I think they, I think they, they arrange for him to be honorably discharged. Do they? I think that's the deal. Go away. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. and if you speak up, it will be dishonorable. I think, I think the, yeah. the general gives him the honorable, but you got to go. Oh, okay, okay. Um, could you make the film today? If you changed, I guess the the nature of some of the jokes, really, and the you wouldn't have somebody like Robin Williams, though, would you? Who could do this role today? Back in the day, I would have said Will Smith, but I don't really want to see that. No, same. But then again, Will Smith is the replacement for Robin Williams. That's what I was going to say. In the, in the genie, in yeah, yeah. yeah. What else? I mean, is there anybody else who's this quick? Because I don't even think Will Smith is this quick. You, you have to write it out for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Hader, Jim Carrey, but he's too old. Oh, yeah. I feel with I Jim, like Jim Carrey, Carrey yeah. it comes across really predatory if it's Jim Carrey doing some of that stuff. I he's feel. retired now, anyway. So I'm, I'm trying to think of who that young guy is who's doing that level of. He's just so fast. I don't know if there is one. Not on the same level of Robin Williams. No, no, no. He was a mold that was broken. <laughs> mm. He was the one that broke the mold. Yeah, yeah, there we yeah. Um, musical inspiration? I mean, there's a lot of good music in this. A lot of Beach Boys in there. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's current 60s of that time. Yeah. Apart from the Beatles and... <laughs> don't speak, no doubt. All the jokes we did about talking last time, yeah, don't talk. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, Anything from Miss Saigon? <laughs> fortunate son. <laughs> I was about to say fortunate. <laughs> it's a Vietnam it's film. You did fortunate Gump, son. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the problem is that almost every song from this thing has been used in one of those films. Yeah. Yep. Um, Roll of Women, Georgia. Oh, it's not bad. It's a, it's, you get the pretty much just the one character, but there's nothing wrong with that because it's a war film. So you're not going to get many. Um, it's a different family dynamic. It's a different set of values because it's in Vietnam, but it's not necessarily a bad set of values. It's just different to what we're used to. His initial approach to women is disgusting, but it ends quite quickly, and I think he learns from it. So, Yeah, she's surprised to be one, and then she refuses to be one. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm glad that she didn't become a, yeah. a love interest. No, she's strong. Yeah. Yep, and stays mm. true to who she is and who her culture is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um... All right, uh, let's go around the table, uh, virtually or otherwise. Best character, Liam. It's really hard in this one, isn't it? It's difficult. Do you have to do best character who's not Robin Williams? I really like Garlic, straight up. I think he's great. He made me laugh. Yeah, I like Garlic, but I, I also like the, the general. General? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's fair. He's so high up. Yep. He sees it for what it is. And even when he's um, told um, Cron, Cron, Cronauer? Cronauer. Cronauer that he has to go. He's like, oh, I didn't want you to go, but you know, I can't get you out of this one. Yeah, it's just what it, it is. is. What it is. Yep. You know, and he even supports him when he calls him. You know. Yep. Uh, so you know, I I like him. He's good. You need someone of that stature to not be like T. Walsh <laughs> for this film What's to be able name? to be <laughs> watched in Dickerson? the US. It has Dickerson. to have a character like that that isn't in a shithole in, you know, the, in power he, in the military. <laughs> Because if you had someone like Dickinson up up top top, you I mean you're in trouble. Yeah. 
uh, and you need I think you need that guy at the top top so that you can be anti kind of members of the military but if he's the very top top then you're anti everybody in the military yeah, so that's yeah, important yeah. Uh, Georgia your thoughts on do you want to say anything else about Ebert Garlic or no? No it's okay Okay Ethan I really like Hawk I know I'm not so it's because he's such he's such a waste of space and he's so weedy every time he opens his mouth i am chuckling when he's pulled off the the, the air yeah and he says to the general in my heart of hearts i know i'm funny yeah. sir yeah and no, so it's the silent like- majority it's like if you got um you got the voice of joe pesci and then just put it in the biggest loser you could find but credit to the general though who doesn't really say anything else back to him he lets him <laughs> Have his moment, didn't he? Yeah. I'm going to go with Twan. Good. He was good. Really, really unique. I mean, the soldiers wanted them out of there, and you know, he's going to blow up the bar where the soldiers were on. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a very nuanced performance. And what do you do with Robin Williams? What's the source of comedy? You put two most different characters together. So you put him with the guy who's quiet the whole movie. And you get dynamite. Mm. And then when he... Brilliant, <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean that. I'm pretty sure it was more of a plastic yeah. explosive, but all right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so you do that, and you have this innocent, and he's always wearing white, and he's got this bowl cut. He doesn't look very very old at all. No. And then it's... Or threatening. No, and then there's emotion. Where's my mom? Where's my older brother? Where's yeah. all these people? What do you think happened to them? You think you're here to help them? I got news for you. Really, really powerful. So uh, there we go there. Best moment, best element. For me, I, I love the the use of music and the silence in this movie. So when he gets cut off air and you see that camera pull back and that silence is so prolonged, it's so profound. And the same with music when um, you have all the devastation going on mm-hmm. and you've got, you know, uh, Louis Armstrong uh, just singing. What a wonderful world. What a wonderful world. Yeah, it's and got it's to be that so not... It's so powerful. Again, it's a juxtaposition. 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 There we are. I'm learning. You are learning. I was very impressed. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, that for me was the best moment. See, uh, which which one was it, though? Because we went to a lot of places. Oh, sorry. Um, Probably, well, like both of them. Okay. The music and silence, they're they're so entwined to each other. We have a special shout out to that ticker tape sort of thing. <laughs> and then moving on to the What's Wonderful World. I can't, I can't pick. The, the Georgia, I think you were saying What a Wonderful World. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely that one. It's my favourite bit. Uh, Ethan. The purposeful tonal tonal shifts. Like, there's beautiful tonal whiplash and, oh, this is so funny. We're having a good time. And then What a Wonderful World starts playing. Or like the speech at the end. Where's my Where's my brother? Where's my mum? That's done really well. And it, that, that's gonna come. It's gonna come back in a second. But I really love the purposeful tone of Whiplash. Hmm. I have a few. I'm trying to think now. Most of them. So I'm going to Don't go do Liam now. with no, no. <laughs> I guess I'll go with the reveal then, because I think I was in the same boat as George actually, where I didn't notice. I, I didn't either. And so that took me for a surprise. And when he's trying to work it out, so am I. Mm. And when he's like, "You're leaving," I'm like, "Yeah, you got nothing, man." And then you're like, "Oh shoot, does the villain win?" Now, thankfully, the general's there. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'm going to go with that because there's such, you have such outrage. How can the bad guy win? And those are really important 
moments. Yeah. Because the expected thing would be that, you know, Robin Williams would win and he'd be sent home in disgrace. It'd be very Adam Sandler, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I did it. You know, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Can you imagine Adam Sandler is Adrian Cronauer? Oh, oh no. Oh, God. Oh, man. yeah. No. Everything <laughs> is, would be um, opera, man. I was gonna say, would that mean that like his uh, his garlic is uh, who's who's the you can do it guy? Uh, Rob Schneider. Yeah, that that's uh, who there's, Rob Schneider there's is. Garlic, yep. Um, let's check. Kevin a, James is Tuan. A grumble, a grumble, Liam. I kind of mentioned this earlier. Um, the fact he infiltrate the uh, English class when he's he's just pursuing the girl, and then he carries on with the English class. That would never happen in real life. Plus, he's standing there doing a stand-up routine, which is funny for us. But they're trying to teach English, <laughs> and yeah. he's speaking so quickly. You only access what every five words. You wouldn't. Yeah, it'd be it'd be it'd be hard, wouldn't it? Indeed. You know, it don't matter. I, I'm, I'm, I learn a broken French, but if you're trying to do a stand-up routine in French very quickly, you've lost me. Yep. You know, and that's the same for them, isn't it? Georgia. Um. I mean, I feel like my grumble can't be like a few of the jokes are outdated because of course they are because it's 35 years old. But that is one of the only real issues I have with it is that a couple of the jokes are outdated. So yeah, I guess that. And I mean, the lesbian joke really made me laugh. So it's not even that one. It was just a couple of the other ones where I go, not quite. And the line about being a fox in a chicken coop didn't like that line. I mean, yeah. But again, he learns from that in the film. So yeah. I've not got massive problems It reminds it. me a lot of uh, Some Like It Hot, where they're like, oh, sugar, I'd like to borrow a cup of that sugar. And the first yeah, all yeah. the women is like pastries and things like that. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but thankfully, in both cases, they, they're sort of proven wrong. Yeah. yeah. So it's not massive issues. I do feel like it needed another, the story needed like another story beat in it, because it does feel a bit like, okay, this happens and this happens and this happens. For a film that's two hours long, it felt like it needed another thing for it to feel a little bit more satisfying but other than that yeah no i've not got massive grumbles ethan um it's similar to what georgia said like the jokes are what they are i don't find them all funny but like of course of course um and i went into this one going oh, i really hate the, the the subplot with with the sister but he he does he does learn as much as i still hate it and i hate him choosing to to pursue her like that he learns from it so i won't accept it but i'll i'll, I'll get it um some of robin williams stand up is so eh and slows down the film for me because i feel we go story 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 robin williams takes a break and does some stand-ups for us story 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 a bit more stand-up story story yep not gonna disagree with you on that mm. Uh, I'm going to go with, it's not too far removed from what he's been saying, I think. Robin Williams movies of a certain time, and this is definitely the start of that run, are Robin Williams showpieces. And my issue yeah. would be, I think that I had room for another character or another area to care about. Mm. And the only person going through something really is Robin Williams. If there's a second person with an arc in this movie, it's Hawk. Maybe yeah. that's what I was, maybe that's what I needed as well. I need something else in this story, yeah. Whereas if you go to like a Goodwill Hunting, Ooh. where there's, multiple things going on at the same time yeah 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 
those are more powerful movies I've always felt. I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire, Patch Adams, it's very much, this is Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. And each of these are a chance for Robin Williams to just do a different version just of the stand-up act. Bit, yeah. Yeah. And I think you need someone else to sort of let someone play off him a bit. And it's best moments, you know, you had Forrest Whitaker, a future best actor winner in his own right. Yep. Here. But they didn't give him enough to do at times. So that would be my thing there. Yeah. Uh, is this anybody's best role ever? Is this Robin Williams' best thing ever? I would say no. Yeah, I'd say no. I genuinely haven't seen him enough to comment. Ethan? Uh, Good Will Hunting is obviously the, the clear one. Like, I, I when we did the, the real roundtable, I put this, like, middle because the end of his career, he did some incredible stuff. And th- this is him riffing. When he's serious, he yep. is, he's a powerhouse. I think this is Bruno Kirby's. Uh, he's normally the full guy yes, I'll in give a that. lot of things, isn't he? But yeah. he's like a sub sub character. I do think this Bruno Kirby's a bit best. more of a yep. character in this, isn't he? Uh, Forrest Whitaker's done far better things, far much better. Yeah, uh, but in this one, he knew enough not to break up a challenge midway through. Yep, yep. So there we are. Uh, let's do. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Sage game, sage game. Let's all <laughs> play the sage game. So uh, I will say I wasn't able to get Twans because for some reason his his date of birth has been completely omitted from everywhere. No one knows his age. Wow. So can we've I, just got. Can I mention that no one knows Sean Prasad's age either? <laughs> if you're looking for Sean Prasad's age, you will not find a year of birth. Really? You'll find wow. a you'll find a birthday, but not a date. Uh, not not a year of birth. Wow. <laughs> uh, so we've got four. Sure so first we have a year before Sinead, but. I think he's a few years old. I think it's mentioned he's a few years older. Is he? Yep. Oh, yeah. there you. Uh, we have Robin Williams. Which one was he? Uh, he was the he was the, the quiet one. one. He was the third soldier on the left. Oh, jeez. I think he is thirty-seven. Here. Thirty-six. I think he's older. I think he's forty. This might be Ian's game today because it's he's thirty six. Well hey. well I'll take being that close as well. That's okay. Uh, next, we have Forrest Whitaker before he did the Forrest Whitaker eye. Yes, that's true. Um, <laughs> Twenty four. Twenty five. Thirty. Uh, again, to Ian, the closest he's twenty six. Wow, <laughs> you are on fire! Woo! 2023 is my year for the age games. Strong. Next, we have Bruno Kirby. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. He's the guy who thought he was funny. Right. The Polka King. 20, 29. 32. 27. I'd say George the closest because he's 38. Wow. Wow. And then, yeah, finally, uh, Shintara Sukpatana. Is Trent? Trin, yeah. Trin, yeah. Oh, it's difficult. 23. 33. Oh, 35. Oh, that, that's Liam's because she's 20. Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. I was going to go young and then you said something during the thing. And I was like, <laughs> oh, maybe they are close to the same age after all. <laughs> Sorry. What, what, what did you guess? 23. Oh, you probably still would have had me. I wouldn't have gone. I probably would have gone yeah. a little bit older than that. Wow. But I think I won overall 2 1 1. Well done, you. Yeah. There we are. Pachow. All right, um, let's look at the critics. The critics, the good, the bad, and the ebes. Go ahead, Georgia. 
Cool, cool, cool. Here we go. I'm stalling because they're on my phone and I haven't quite opened it up yet. Here we go. Okay, cool. So we have got Vincent Camby from the New York Times. He says, make no mistake about it, Mr. Williams' performance, though it's full of uproarious comedy, is the work of an accomplished actor. Good Morning Vietnam is one man's tour de force. Um, then we've got Hal Hinson from the Washington Post. He says it hardly delivers on the promise of giving us the pure, undiluted Williams. Williams at his best. What's more, it's not even close to being his best movie. It's not even close to being good. Then finally, we have got Roger Ebert. Ebs. Who says, in a strange, subtle way, Good Morning Vietnam is not so much about war as it is about stand-up comedy, about the need that compels people to get up in front of the room and try to make us laugh, to control us. Why do comics do that? Because they need to have their power proven and vindicated. Why do they need that? Because they are most they are the most insecure of Earth's people. Just listen to their language. They're going to kill us unless they die out there. <laughs> How do you treat low self-esteem? By doing esteemable things. And then by saying, hey, I did that. What happens to Williams in this movie? Exactly that. By the end of this film, he doesn't wisecrack all the time because he doesn't need to. He no longer thinks he's the worthless, although bright, fast and funny sack of crap that got off the plane. In the early scenes, the character's eyes are opaque. By the end, you can see what he's thinking. Yeah, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, Eames oh. gave it four. Inside of four? Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, let's take a look. I put out a fleece, as I'm known to do. Uh, is it a great film, good film, okay film, or poor film? 59% call this a great film. Oh. And it goes down kind of accordingly. 24% good, 12% okay, 5% say poor. wonder who decided that. Mm. Uh, let's go ahead and listen to our uh, friends of the podcast. What do they have to say, Georgia? So we've got two today, but one from Hermes, who says, Where to begin? Robin Williams' performance, a commentary on the horrors of war, the difficulty of making sense of this life as we all walk between the choice of laughing or crying. I think I'll keep it simple this week and just give my rating and eagerly await listening to you all give your thoughts. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And then we've got Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. (laughs) Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Smith. See, when Georgia does it, she gives the second loud echo first. I do, yeah. I was just, I was just, go, I was just rolling. Okay, rolling go ahead. Through. Rolling, rolling. He says, I've not seen Good Morning Vietnam for a while. Like everyone, I remember Robin Williams at his absolute best. His manic, energetic, wisecracking, hilarious, impersonating best. I also remember it being a lot darker and difficult to watch in places than I anticipated it from the trailer. I will watch it, though, through the pod and will be interested to hear BFE opinions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the fledgling fandom, we've got a neighbor of the podcaster, Kev Dog. Hey, Kev. Kev. Coming and saying, another fantastic choice. Robin Williams is a man who put everything into every role he played, and this was no exception. Toss it between this and Patch Adams for me as to my personal favorite, though. Let's play a little game here. Liam, Patch Adams, or good morning, Vietnam. Patch Adams. Interesting. Ethan. Oh, good morning, Vietnam, but I don't care for Patch Adams anyway. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Georgia? Mm. Not seeing it. Wow, okay. It's hard. Patch Adams is a bigger story, but he's, he's, it's a, he's just anti-establishment. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, mm. If you'd asked me before I watched this again, I'd probably have said good morning, Vietnam. I want to say Patch Adams. I don't really rate Patch Adams. Though. No, same. It does make me... Actually, I'll go Patch... Oh, that, you have that really contrived courtroom scene where it all ends really happy. Yeah. I'm going to go this. This is a powerful ending. Toss-up. Mm, uh, definition in. of a toss-up. There we mm-hmm. go. 
we've got our friends over at Scriptical who say, Robin Williams, exclamation mark. He took a real-life person's story and made it legendary. I also love what Forrest Whitaker brings to the table. Absolutely. Best part is the VIP VPMIA line, <laughs> yeah, all closely followed by the Nixon interview. Yeah, thanks a lot for that, guys. Um, Shy Burgerfroin says, for sure, a great film. Robin Williams is such a presence in this movie and anything else he has been in. I truly miss him both as a funny actor and as a serious one. Agree. I really like Robin Williams and his more serious stuff. Mm-hmm. And then do we call him Mikey or do we call him Sir Gives a Damn? Honestly, I've only seen it once and remember very little about it. Maybe I'll watch it because you're watching. And Kevdog said he was going to push plus play at 7 p.m. and watch it again, I think he said. So there we go. Oh, good lad. So thanks a lot. Um, so there's that. Again, an older film. And so as, as tradition seems to warrant, we end up with a smaller feedback sample mm-hmm. yep. than, than usual. So I think we know our wheelhouse kind of starts from the 90s as far as big reactions to films. Mm-hmm. But that being said, um, that is that. So now it's time for one more critic. Robin Williams' portrayal of Adrian Cronauer is the confusion as to the beliefs of the real Cronauer. Cronauer said the film's about 45% accurate. Okay. According to a biography on Robin Williams. Cronauer said the films misrepresented him to make him seem anti-war, when in fact he was anti-stupidity. In fact, Cronauer, who later became a lawyer and died in 2018, became an active Republican and vice chairman Whoa. of a 2004 Bush-Cheney re-election campaign. Wow. Bloody hell. Furthermore, Cronauer has also said that if he'd done half the things, he would have been court-martialed yeah. and sent to Fort Levensworth, like we said earlier. If you like this film or episode, uh, check out the Real Roundtable we did on Robin Williams first off oh, it, was yeah. the first, it was the first real real round table we did with the proper format that we've adopted and sort of held it true was a to. good one to start yeah it was a good one mm. yeah yeah that's because there was some sort of documentary about him that had just come back up and yeah, we thought, yeah, yeah. and who doesn't have an opinion on robin williams you exactly know what I'm saying? yeah uh so check that out um have we done any robin williams films did oh, good will hunting, didn't you? Did we do what did you do good hunting no good will hunting's not been done yet no i don't this can't be our first Aladdin. Aladdin. We did Aladdin. Did we do it on this one or is that on the talk of the Mickey? I think uh, it might. No, I well, think yeah. because Liam got thought. Uh, I don't think we do it, Aladdin. I don't think we've done Aladdin on this one. No, no, that was talking to Mickey. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we've done anything. That's amazing. If wow. that's the case, we haven't come this far. We definitely haven't done the Dead Poets. No. Oh, what a film. Yeah. <sighs> we haven't done Google Hunted. I mean, those are the ones that jump out as, mm-hmm. as the most as the most mm-hmm. likely. Patch Adams quickly... and the push. I don't think we have. No. Wow. Okay. Um, we do anything else military based? Any other war movies of this? We haven't done Apocalypse Now. We're going to have to at some point for the poster. Yeah. We'll watch the condensed version. Yeah. <laughs> Not the super elongated version I found. We're like 55 minutes extra footage. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. That felt like a marathon. That, that felt was a like, long like movie. A week's long viewing. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so with that in mind, it's just time now for ratings ratings uh liam let's start with you where are we going with this well um i watched this in my teens i've only seen it once uh twice now and i remember it being a lot better than i thought i remember the fun humor elements and the really darker elements um and i thought robin williams i expect maybe i didn't expect anything from robin williams back then but i expect more now um and he didn't quite deliver for me in this movie. He couldn't make up his mind whether he was being a stand-up or a serious actor. I, I, I don't know. I was a bit... I didn't know which one. And that kind of put me off keel 
uh, in this movie because I expected more from it. And I love the music in this film. Um, I do like the film. I mean, it's clever in some of the shots. I like the the whole silence they use in it. I love how they use the music with the devastation that's going on. So clever. And the characters, <laughs> some of the characters, the smaller characters are brilliant. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, I'm going to give it a lower rating than I thought. And I'm going to go with seven and a half Beach Boys songs submitted for the film. <laughs> All right. Uh, Georgia. <clears throat> um, yeah, I enjoyed parts. I enjoyed the film. It, was, it just hasn't had a massive impact on me. Um, I think there is a couple of things I probably could have done that would have made it more impactful. But I didn't hate it and I didn't love it. I'm just, just it's, It was fun. I enjoyed it. It's the sort of film I think you probably don't need to rewatch every year or whatever but if it's on the telly i wouldn't turn it off type film i think it's kind of ended up as but no i enjoyed it overall i am going to give it also seven and a half shoes found in the street after an explosion (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna love my besties intro (laughs) (laughs) ethan i the grievances I have, it's totally just about how I feel about Robin Williams' stand-up because it's it's sensory overload. But this film, I get it. Like, the, everything makes sense, and I can put that aside because it makes sense for, for what they want to tell and all that. I like the story. I like that it isn't just Vietnam. Ba- Again, it's 1987. I'm not expecting that. But there is a dialogue about the severity of that, and he's not fully blind. No one's fully blind to the horror of this, and I appreciate that, because it could have been super jingoistic. But there's there's humanity to it, and I like that. And even with the, why is he still making jokes that aren't really that funny for me? I'm going seven comments about sweaty balls from angry listeners out of ten. Wow. (laughs) Let's hope we don't get any comments about sweaty balls from angry listeners. Yeah. Happy listeners, sure. (laughs) Yeah, if if you're excited and happy to be with us, then sweaty balls all the way. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't expect that out of your mouth. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Not in early 2023. I don't know. So you want to harvest that for next year? (laughs) Here we go. Um... This film, I was thinking about it in my head, is this a well-directed film? And the answer is yes. I think the uh, Vietnamese characters, uh, the the minor ones, are all really charming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the two main Vietnamese characters have layers to them. I think it's, cinematography-wise, it's shot exactly where I'd want the camera. Mm -hmm. I think the use of licensed music is strong and basing me in their world. Uh, I f- and what a wonderful world is one of those sequences wow. of pure movie magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in the sense that you go out, you feel warm and fuzzy, but in the sense that it haunts you a little bit. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think you can see there's not enough material here for a feature length film. I think it is like a, a movie of the week, or maybe it is a, a sitcom yeah. with wacky Adrian Cronauer doing his thing. Uh, and I feel the story was missing something. So, well, I think everybody else has done as committed excellence in this film i think including ron williams i think he's fantastic Mm -hmm. but i think what's there to be done makes you hit your head and uh i don't think it ever really fully uh gets out of it before it uh explodes everywhere (laughs) uh that's not a reference to a bomb it's a reference to eight exploding baseballs made out of melon out of ten nice (laughs) yeah so uh 
really strong film. I think. I mean, I'm the high one here. I think the Patreon vote is going to be much closer to Ethan than me. Although the lowest is seven and the highest is eight. Like we don't have a huge range on no, this. No, 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 no. No. Georgia, where do we sit with the Patreon backers? Almost as if the Patreon go exactly slap bang in the middle of that. So seven, and seven and a half. Wow, yeah. so you and Liam are the voices the of the people. Nine and a six. Wow. So that, yep, that's seven and a half. Yep. Wow. Who gave it the nine? Hermes. Hermes. I have a serviceman. Yep. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. So there we go. So uh, there is that. So all that's left to do now is uh, we're going to say a couple things. Number one, check out the besties coming out Friday. Yep. We're about to literally stop recording this and start recording that. So uh, please listen because I put a lot of work into all those montages. I'm really excited. I can't wait to hear them. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, there's going to be a little laughter. It, it is a little bit self-indulgent, but it's a bit of fun too. And if you've been listening to it, I think you'll hear some of your favorite moments come up over the course of the year from the BFE. Uh, so there's that. Uh, we want to uh, give another thanks to our Patreon backers. It's Reverend Bruce, Jude. Julene, Hermes, James DeGuzman, Dwayne Smith, Katie McRae, Ian Davies, Lino Oberholzer, Chris Peterson, Randall Silva, The Yeetmeister, Nate the Great Cheesy, Andy Dixon, Holly Callan, Richard, and the cool cat Ryan Kukets. And then cue Ian to re- reaction to, to, to George's pick. Well, not George's pick. We are going to be welcomed next week by a our newest BFF of the BFE, oh, yeah. James oh. DeGuzman. Wow. is joining us and he is breaking a record next week i don't need to record this because i know that it's not a reaction from okay me. you don't want to send anybody else's reaction then i can record the, liam there we go so we are doing a reaction here to this so james de guzman a fellow canadian might i say oh. finally getting some canadian rep here on the pod hey nice there we are like everywhere don't they those canadians <laughs> is going for a record setter oh the most efficient thing ever <laughs> yeah it's barely out on streaming, but it's 97 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. We are doing the Ryan Johnson film Glass Onion next week. I've wow. seen this four times. <laughs> Holy shit! I can't wait to see this. I I've seen one. this four times since it's come out. I, great, great. I'm so excited. I can't wait to talk about I, this film. I, I is this, sar- is this sarcasm? I don't know how to read it. No, 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 no. no. I've seen this four times. I, I'm, I'm so ex- no. I, I, I messaged the group chat. I haven't seen this. I watched this, this the day. I watched either. this the day it came out. Yeah. I then messaged. The, uh, the group check guy. Should we do a real? Uh, uh, was it a CEO skipper on, yeah, on knives out? I, I just, I just want to talk about this oh, film. Yeah, yeah. Already suggested yeah, yeah. It. I was trying to dissuade it, and I was just going, "Yeah, well, we'll get to it." Yeah. <laughs> no, I, this was uh, not. Wow. So, really interested to talk to James, and really interested about a film where there won't be a whole lot of context corner. Or the, it's so new. How can you? Yeah, yeah, true. I've buried the lead with my feelings already, but I don't care. That's I can't right. wait no. to talk about this. So we gave um, knives out was was a is one of our is it's actually really highly ranked if you look at our yeah. 150 some odd films now yep, yep. it's got to be top 20 wow yeah yeah it was because really, we did that on the anniversary of christopher Plummer's death yeah we did we yeah. just, that's back when we had extra time we just <laughs> did we just did one for the sake of doing one in the middle of the week yeah, because it was locked down and no one had anything else going on yeah, yeah, yeah so we are going to be doing that next week fantastic absolutely <laughs> i'm glad i didn't watch it the other day now <laughs> <laughs> you never know i've you had could to keep telling so. my dad to not talk about it because he's already seen it like do not i have not watched it yet no <laughs> so um there we go <laughs> i got it yeah. so please join us next week when we're joined by james de guzman hey can't wait to talk hey. about the ryan johnson fault to knives out glass onion mm. for best film ever uh, i've been liam i've been ethan and i've been georgia 
And please do give a listen to the besties. I put a lot of time putting together those montages and guys in my heart of hearts. I know I'm funny. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I didn't laugh. We'll catch you on the flippity flop. The flippity flip flop.